Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We've got a repeat guest three, thrice. Is this thrice? thrice? This is thrice. <laughs> I like thrice. I don't know why. Thrice just sounds cool. I just like saying thrice. <laughs> When's the first time you heard the term thrice? I think for me it was like community, maybe. Community? What about the I think band? I've made. I think I made that up. What about the punk band? There's a punk band. Named, I don't know much about. There's a punk, punk band music. named Thrice. How many uh, albums has Thrice had? I don't know. Three. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> you know when I became obsessed with the word it's only been recent it's uh, the line from Schitt's Creek I have asked you thrice for towels mm. that's when I became really into that word Nikki dropped some good words what did you say yesterday that I really liked oh now I forget I don't remember you text me something I was like you always come through with the words Why don't like you, just you look used back your text? Right, oh there was were another... we talking about Mark's feet yeah <laughs> my, my, my beautifully soft feet they look soft well she brought a, she brought out the word saucy recently and I was like oh I love that word <laughs> do, saucy. I do love the word saucy <laughs> well hey everyone it's Amanda and we have uh, Nikki back on our couch for a third time I like it and uh, we've been planning this for months and months and months but COVID really messed up Fuck our plans you, COVID yeah, <laughs> we really. have been wanting to do a segment of Nikki's unpopular opinions because she's got many so she's, she's got come many back. opinions but many of them are probably popular yeah, many fuck, of them though. probably aren't popular. It's just you are brave enough to say them out loud. Or maybe many of them are popular. Maybe it's not the unpopular. Maybe it's like Nikki's popular. Opinion. Maybe they're exactly. secretly popular. I, I bet you they so. are. I bet you they are. It's only the fucking the 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 I do up my top button. I'm stuffy massage therapist that fucking hates that shit. Probably. The mother hands. Yes, yeah. definitely. Like last weekend, we pulled off something really cool. We did a two day virtual educational conference I for, saw, charity, for charity, and we raised uh, at this point now forty four hundred bucks for Food Banks Canada. That's amazing. And most of the people that were that were on the the panel of speakers, like Whitney Lowe, Walt Fritz, Dylan Craig. Michelle Francis Smith. Like, she Nicole, was my teacher. Robert Nicole, Libby. Robert Libby. But, but mostly, like five of the seven people have been on our podcast before, mm-hmm. right? So they know what we're all about. And at the end of the weekend, I was just super high on everything because I was like, we just pulled off something really fucking cool out of nowhere. And it went so well. Like there was no major fuck ups. Yeah, it went no really, really, really well. And uh, and then I posted I posted something like, uh, you, I can't remember what the- You wrote, you're pretty fucking awesome. Keep that shit up. Right? To, to all the presenters and everyone that- and the sponsors because we had we had sponsors donate some big prizes. Oh yeah, cool. and those guys have been on the podcast too. Like two of the three sponsors have been on our podcast. Yeah, too. wasn't there like a like a Notero a account? Notero yeah, was there. There was three Notero accounts, two passes to the Canadian RMT conference. And they were on a podcast before. Um, a hundred dollars well. from Carbo Medical Supplies. Walt Fritz, Fritz Walt donated Fritz, a course. So we posted this thing, and then someone. <laughs> so what was her response? Her response was um, not not a very professional message, but I'm sure the con- the conference was great, and both of us just looked at each other we're like why is that your takeaway like why is yeah. the word yeah. fuck because of this your takeaway yeah, yeah, you know yeah. like that's what we did something we did something so awesome and so i responded back like nicely because i do understand that not everybody is going to oh, first of enjoy all I, the I responded i'm like yeah actually the, the conference was fabulous we raised forty three hundred dollars for charity or something like that and then she responded despite back, being like, unprofessional. Oh, despite being quote unquote unprofessional she's like i was in reference to the language used in this post and yeah like, so then i just oh, responded back but, and said you know like i understand that this language will offend some people but I stick by what I say all the time if you're offended by what we do like I get it no it's not for everybody but don't listen don't if you follow. don't like the f word get off the internet if you don't like word, <laughs> just just don't go anywhere just stay yeah. in your yeah. bubble la, la, la. right exactly but I I just wanted to I just wanted to remind this particular person for the ways that matter 
we show up for our people and we are professional in the ways that matter. Our professionalism is there. If we say we're going to deliver a course, we deliver a course. If we are doing a conference, nothing about that conference was half-assed and the amount of work that went in behind the scenes, like people would not even I think understand. It was just, I think it was just really funny because like everyone that was part of it, it, it to some degree knows what we're about. They've been on the podcast. The spot, like everyone knows. And she responded like, I'm sure the sponsors were cringing when they read this, when they saw this post and we're like, absolutely fucking not. Like this post was tame compared to how we speak with them. Like it's, it's insane. <laughs> like you want to do this when I post something in a public space, fine. But now you're shitting all over my page. Like I'm not going to let you shit on my page. If you did this in, in, in like a, a, a Massage therapy group, I might let it slide a little bit more, but don't come and bully me on my own fucking page. <laughs> You're like the the lady, the owner of the Chinese takeaway. Um, where was it? I, I want to say it was in England. There was this woman that went viral recently because when people leave negative reviews yeah. uh, on her restaurant, yeah. if they're completely false, she's not so the polite, the customer's always right. She's like, that's an absolute lie. Your food arrived on time and the quality was great. I'm looking forward to never serving you again. Goodbye. Like she just See, I'm okay down. with stuff like that. Because <laughs> every time we get something negative like that, I always kind of just want to want to punch back a little bit. But Amanda's a way more diplomatic. So she's like, don't do not do that. It looks horrible. You don't want to get into a fight with someone on the internet. I stand by not section, fighting with people on the I, internet I because it. you get nowhere with that. Oh yeah, it's I get down. it. But at the same time, I think we've gotten to a point where our, our brand is kind of known for what we do. And if I punch someone in the face on the internet it won't really be so negative towards us and if it is then you're probably not the same person that we want in their space anyway it's, but it's anyway. also not about just being negative towards someone i also understand that sometimes you one you can't read tone in text okay so sometimes i say well what if this is what they meant and we are making an assumption or we're misreading what their intent was okay. so i always start with something very polite i let them clarify and then if they're going to be an asshole fine then you punch them in the face <laughs> fine. if i if i Misread, misread your tone that's coming through then someone else has also misread your tone right so it's not just me that's misreading your tone no but also I, being that we live in Toronto there are major cultural differences and I'm sure Nikki oh, you've so seen huge. this as well where I have some people who message me let's say English isn't their first language mm -hmm. I don't think they're necessarily meaning anything rude in their message but me as someone who speaks English as a first language I read this and I was like that's just a really weird way to phrase that. That's a really rude way to ask that. But I don't think the intent was rude. I think sometimes it's a language thing or a cultural thing. So I always give people the benefit of the doubt. If you continue to be a dick, well, then I have a problem. Yeah. What you were saying about the... Uh, restaurant reviews. Yeah. I mm -hmm. went to a restaurant in Vietnam specifically because of the way the owner responded to a negative review. Some tourists had left a negative review about this tiny restaurant in yeah. middle of nowhere, Vietnam. And the only response from the restaurant owner was, you are a pale person. <laughs> <laughs> and so I screenshotted it. I shared it to Facebook and I was like, Guys, I got to go here. And all of my friends were like, you, yeah, you have, have to. to go. Here. You have to so do I went. it. In fairness, the, f the food was not that great and the review was accurate, but I was like, worth every penny. I don't care. <laughs> I had to go to places. Of you are a pale person. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, so good. Well, for anyone Let's who do doesn't know intro, who you yeah. are, Nikki, why don't you reintroduce yourself for your third time? Yeah, hi, everybody. I'm Nikki. I'm a massage therapist in Toronto, downtown Toronto. Best place to be a massage therapist. Hell yeah. Woo -woo. And uh, this is my third time being here. I'm nice. so happy to be here, but also kind of sad because the last two times I was here, it was right after a massive trip 
Like every time yeah, I come here, I'm yeah. like, I just went to five countries. I just spent seven weeks traveling the world. And now I'm like, I haven't been anywhere like, in a I've year. I've just spent 12 months in my house. <laughs> I just walked around my backyard five <laughs> This times. is the furthest I've gone in a year. Oh, yeah, it's like actually. coming to Scarborough. <laughs> oh, man. It's crazy, though. The whole thing's crazy. Well, we're just glad to have you back. And, you know, for people listening, or I guess you see the video, you know, we, we, we are doing things in person, trying to take all the precautions. We screen everybody. We sit six feet apart, blah, 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 blah. But for a while, we were doing all of our recordings from our bedroom. Well, you probably listened to some of them. Like we I were did. doing everything from the bedroom. So the first time we had somebody back sitting on the couch when we felt like, okay, it's safe to do this now, taking precautions, it was like the happiest day of my life. I'm like, yeah. there's a real person in front of me. And that's why I kept putting it off. You're like, when are you, when are you coming back? I was like, I'm not doing this over the phone. Yeah, I want wine. Yeah. I want to see your faces. Was it Sandy was the first person to be on the couch since? Oh, I feel like it might have been. I Whatever. If he, he was wasn't the he, first, he was one of the first. Because yeah. that's, yeah, we didn't do in-person interviews for a long time. Yeah, Our yeah, yeah. very last in-person interview was Susie. And that was right, right before everything shut down. Right, and then right, I think right. Sandy was probably the first one back. Interesting. <sighs> so yeah, we're happy to see your face. So what are we doing today? Un- unpopular opinions. I'm complaining. Right? I love it's it. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> I love it. Complain away. No, so it's not a complaint. I'm, I'm uh, very opinionated. As my brother says, I'm no shrinking violet. Um, <laughs> I, I have some strong opinions. Uh, and uh, I think I give pretty damn good advice. And I think there's a lot of bad advice out there. And so... I I, I'm kind of here to just be like, look, these are my thoughts. Not everyone's going to agree, and that's okay. I love the advice you give on business stuff all the time. Um, because it's the best. I, one, <laughs> one of the things I love about your advice is be very careful on who you take advice yes. from. That's like my number one piece of advice is to just do do your homework. Be very selective with who you choose to accept advice from, yeah, myself yeah. included. Like, do your research on me before you listen to anything exactly, I say. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. I understand people who go online and will ask in certain groups, like, "Hey, all, I'm thinking." of doing this, that, and that, whatever, what do you think? You're going to get 40 different pieces of advice. So yeah, how yeah, do you know Nine of them to are going to be terrible exactly. and the 40th one is going to be from me. <laughs> so yeah, it's we do love that. Be careful horrible. who you take your advice from. Just yeah. because somebody on the internet sounds important, that doesn't mean a thing. And it's usually just some other Yahoo RMT that's answering something. It's not like a business coach is it's chiming in. It's the blind in. leading the blind. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, 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 yeah. it's funny to watch sometimes. It's funny to watch it unfold. So yeah, so I'm <laughs> I'm here to share my unpopular opinions. Right. And I wrote them down because I'm a nerd. Um, but nice. I do want to get a couple things out of the way. Yeah. Uh, these are just opinions. <laughs> <laughs> these are, I'm not stating anything here. as a fact. My opinions are fluid. <laughs> Sometimes they change. Show me the evidence. Show I'm me the open evidence. to new ideas. I'm open to hearing what you guys think, especially if you guys disagree. I'm totally open to that. Um, I'm gonna, probably going to make some sweeping generalizations just for the sake of simplicity. Men are like this and women are like this Absolutely. and massage therapists do this. There are always outliers. There are always exceptions. Yep. And I, I know it's there are more than two genders. So I'm, I am going to make some generalizations. Um, but I know that gender is a spectrum. Um, and if anybody wants to contact me, um, I'm open to healthy debate. I love healthy debate. I have no interest in fighting or anger or name calling. I define, just don't have room in my define life. Define healthy debate. So someone out there is like, they're about to text you and they're like, I better hold that Like back. put the pitchfork down and gotcha. just be like, you yep. know what, have you thought about it from this way? Or you said this thing and I actually disagree and here's why. Then I'm like, cool, me, I might even change my mind. And I really, I really respect that about you because I'm very much the same. I, I say some things that are pretty strong sometimes and then maybe three months later, I'm like, yeah, I don't really think that way anymore. I was wrong. And that's okay. You can change your mind and change your opinions if maybe you have 
haven't thought of things from different angles. Totally. You know what the funny thing is? There's some people that I, that I know that preach that whole idea and, they, and they're so proud of themselves, how they've evolved, they've changed. You know, they, they recognize where they were maybe not so correct before and now they're taking on a different attitude towards it. And then these group of people also know a whole bunch of people that are doing the same thing. They're trying to evolve and they're trying to change and they're getting slammed for it. It's hilarious to me. It blows my mind. You can't win them all. Yeah, well, that's also a psychological phenomenon, if that's what you want to call it, where like it's very easy to notice things that you're doing in ways that you're improving. And sometimes it's hard to notice what somebody else is doing to make changes or grow. Right. right, right so right. it's you know what, if you are somebody that's changing and evolving and growing and what and nobody seems to recognize it. Fuck those people. <laughs> the people who matter, Language. they notice, right? My le- well, she opened the wine, I'm, so yeah, I'm, I'm popping open the wine. It's yeah. wine o'clock. Let's do it. I'm ready. You guys Here, do it. Yeah, <laughs> All right, so I'm going to let Nikki take the wheel on this since she's come very prepared with a whole bunch of notes. <laughs> I brought my notes. Where do we want to start with unpopular opinions? And wait, before we do, yeah. are these all? Um, related to our profession, or are these general for the world? Both. Nice. Cool. I, I like yeah, that. Yeah, I. I have a lot of unpopular opinions. They're mostly massage related, but can be kind of generalized. You'll see. You'll okay, like, some cool. of them some of them require explanations. <laughs> um, okay, so my favorite topic, um, unpopular opinion number one, money isn't evil. Oh. Is that unpopular? <laughs> I do. I do th- I don't think people are out there actively saying money is evil. I do think people have all kinds of hangups about money, myself included. We all have our money hangups. But you see, I don't know if you ever spend any time in the internet, you'll see people being like, eat the rich, burn the rich, kill right. the rich, down with, you know, rich people right, are right, evil, right. money is evil, and billionaires are evil. And I'm, I just, it's, money is neither good nor bad. It's neutral. It's a tool. It's a resource. Hmm. Good people do good things with good money. Bad people do bad things with good money. <laughs> like, yeah, I know, I'm with you on that. But the whole, you know, you're greedy if you ask for money and... Uh, you know, I just want to help people. Yeah, like I'll the whole it, massage I'll therapy, like step the starling he- starving healer syndrome yep, yep. that we have. I yep. that's where I get my backup up, uh, around money. There's there's nothing wrong with making good money, doing what we do. We can make good money helping people. I think the whole eat the rich thing and this money is evil is very much a middle class thing. I don't think that you've got very, very poor people feeling that because they they want money. They don't have money. They don't even have the privileges of saying, you know, I don't feel comfortable asking for money or you're greedy if you ask for money because they don't fucking have it. The people who are the billionaires of the world, I can understand some of people's negative feelings towards them because you see the amount of problems the world's going through and you're like wow you could solve this with like a fraction of your money now whether or not it's their responsibility that's not the discussion right but i think again it's the middle class people so i'm including myself in that it's it's this middle class problem of like when you have enough money to survive i think it's some form of jealousy of like the people who have much more than you right like you have enough to survive and you know that you and you know what i be grateful for that. Like I, 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 Mark asked me a few weeks ago, and I, I can't remember the the 
the way the conversation went, but (laughs) Mark said something a few weeks ago. So we, we live in a condo in the city, right? We chose, we chose that seven years ago when we bought our condo, we chose, never shovel snow. (laughs) I miss my garbage chute from my last apartment. It is very convenient. (laughs) So we chose to buy a condo and in the years to follow all of my closest friends, they all bought these really big, beautiful houses. And he said to me a little while ago, like, do you, do you feel like I can't remember if the word was upset or like does it bother you that all of your best friends have these big beautiful houses and we live in a condo and I'm like no like we have enough space we both have cars our kids are fat like what would bother me Mm -hmm. I have what I need to have and if we want to buy a house sure we'll buy a house like no I'm not upset about it but yeah I think I agree with you. I think people's hatred of money is a combination of a jealousy problem and and this privilege of like, you actually do have enough and you recognize that you have enough, but you're going to be mad at people who have more than you because they have what you determine as more than enough. But really, if you had that money, would you be mad about it? Yeah, Fuck exactly. No. I think there's also, no. there's also a pride that comes, the anger and the vitriol that is pointed towards rich people which by the way i like we're all rich in our own way like right. if you, you have a car you have if you have the internet if you have a phone like we're in the 1% globally we're not all jeff bezos but right. we, like we have more money than most of the people on earth yep that's a form of richness um but the 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 anger that is spewed towards like the super rich i think i i think a lot of that is I don't want to take responsibility for my situation. Mm. So I'm going to get mad at rich people. And that makes me feel better about not earning as much money as I want to, or as I could, if I got resourceful about it. Yeah. I think there is a lot of anger towards the super rich, but like I said, there's a part of me that also understands that like it, it's such a mind fuck when I see that like there are people who literally sleep in dirt and there, then there's some guy that, you know, could donate $3 million to a charity and it wouldn't even hurt his pocket. Like that is just a mind fuck to me. I don't know if it makes me angry. It's twisted. There's so many factors though. Like how do you get to the point of, of having funny money? You might not be the nicest motherfucker on the face of the earth. Like you probably have to step on a couple people to get to the point of having funny money. Right. Do you see so what you I'm don't saying? care about so everybody you hating might, you. Exactly. <laughs> but a lot of them do. Like Bill Gates is curing polio. Like, okay, Jeff Bezos, I don't know him personally, but his ex-wife donated Billions of dollars. Oh, yeah. I mean, to charity. Like some of them there, do. There, there is a point of which you feel like you like you've got to give back to the to the world that has allowed you to be what you are. But when you take a look at some rich people that might not be like you know media rich celebrity. When I say media rich celebrity rich, I'm talking about they've got they've got the funny money, but we just don't know who they are. Do you know what I mean? Like I understand if you're a complete dick because you probably had to make a lot of enemies to get to where you are. Yeah, there's that. There's the whole statistic of like whatever percentage of CEOs are sociopaths paths or whatever yeah, 25% exactly. or whatever the percentage right? is. So I mean I I understand that but funny money I I'm blown away by funny money. Like I've no, I can't can't I can't comprehend what 20 million dollars is. Like I have no idea. Like for me if I had 4 million I'll just like I'm I can retire for life and live very comfortably and, yeah. and just do what I'm doing. If I had 20 million like sometimes I actually sit around thinking about about celebrities that have money. Like I I sometimes sit around and thinking like right now at uh, 12 50 
8:58 p.m. What is Tom Cruise doing right now? What do you think? Tom Cruise, <laughs> what do you think he's doing right now? He's probably in the, like a Dianetics kind of. <laughs> I don't know some kind of right? what's, Scientology what, thing. What's Will Smith doing? What, what are the What are these kids with that have the, this movie funny money doing? It always trips me up. But I I totally get what you're saying. And there's a whole other piece to that where massage therapists, but not just like the starving healer, but we're regulated healthcare and therefore do no harm and do good for someone comes way before making a profit which th- that's where a lot I'm of- pretty sure the surgeons are not driving 20 year old cars plastic surgeons are yep. healthcare providers and exactly. they're doing all right. right I know a dude who's a cardiologist and he's he's living life he large, does all right, right. yeah he yeah. does he does well and his wife's a genetic specialist they, they're double rolling in it but anyway because I've seen like even in reference to the people that I was talking to before about um I'll just give the story, right? So there's a dude that I know. He's a, he's he's more of an evidence based guy, right? And um, that's another subject. Oh, okay, good. So this my lady, this dude that I know. He's 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 pretty much an evidence based guy. And then the, there's people that that are running this the Canadian RMT conference. They're nice people, and for the longest time, their conference and they'll admit it. Their conference has been very much about technique, technique, technique. Let's look at all these new techniques that are coming out, or people that are developing techniques, or whatever the case is. It was very much like that for a while, and there wasn't a lot of diversity within the presenters like i we've we've spoken to the organizers they like we recognized before like they, we had a, all of our presenters were male and then when we when we recognized that or when we it was brought to our attention maybe they didn't recognize it maybe it was brought to their attention they decided okay well let's get some other people in the mix yep. and two years ago i discussed with them the fact that mark was the only Cultural person diversity. of color on every the time panel. they show like but he's not all anymore the photos of the presenters yeah. i'm like oh there's mark he's the only dark-skinned right. one and <laughs> but so, not anymore and so, and so they they've made a conscious effort to like let's let's do these let's diversify let's, do this let's get more and people. then one of the things that I would always bring up with them I'm like you know there's the whole evidence based not the whole there's there's squeaky wheels of the evidence based community they really have a problem with your conference because they feel it's a lot of pseudoscience and you're and you have the capability you're like Superman because you have the capability here to push the profession in a different direction by having something different in your conference but you're choosing to stay with what they call pseudoscience and. I brought it up with them and they've been making changes. They have tons of hardcore evidence-based presenters now. And then one of the, one of the organizers, he even did like a whole live interview with one of the presenters who's very evidence-based and in that interview, the dude who runs the conference, he's like, because I've sat into your courses and because I'm more in tune with what's happening and the evolution of the what it feels like the evolution of the profession, we're changing what we do and I'm changing my practice, right? And I've had some of the hardcore evidence, the squeaky wheel evidence-based camps just shoot that down, say, why would you even do an interview with that guy? He pushes pseudoscience at us. Like, I'm like, you're not even giving him room to say that he's changing and the conference is changing and blah, 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 blah. And the whole idea, well, you're just trying to make money off of this stuff and and this this kind of thing. We're we're healthcare first before business. I'm like, oh. I actually say the opposite. I get because I get criticism. I get criticism all the time because I'm a loudmouth. But I get criticism because you know I say clients instead of patients. I kind of toggle between the two, but I typically say clients, and people are like, we're healthcare. You have to say patients, and I always say this again. This is another unpopular opinion, and even write this one down. (laughs) Um. I'm a business person first mm. and a massage therapist second. And my business is massage therapy. Nice. I like and that. I'm in the business of healthcare. Yeah. But make no mistake, I am first and foremost, I identify as a business person, as an entrepreneur, as a small business owner. Somebody yeah. asked me what I do. I said, I'm a small business owner. And that doesn't 
negate your skills as a therapist. And I'm you're a, therapist. A, you're a great massage therapist, Thanks. but you are. <laughs> and I actually can say that from reviews from people I know who have seen you. I oh, mean, really? I've never come for a massage with you, which I think is a big mistake. I probably should. You should totally come. I, I, was, totally I would love come. to invite you guys to my house, but I got two cats. I am Mark's. Mark would die. Yeah, Mark's Mark would yeah. die. But I'm come. always like, you guys, because Mark, Mark, you would love my record collection, record collection my, my yeah. CD collection. I have yeah. thousands of CDs. I have like autographed music stuff all over the house. I'm like a super huge, I have six band tattoos. Like yeah, I'm like yeah. a super huge music fan. You would love it. You would yeah. love my house, but it cats. probably reminds me of my old bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I have a cat named Dave Grohl. Like, but, That's right. Yeah. yeah. The whole, my whole house is teenage bedroom basically. Nice. 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 Yeah. He would love that. But yeah, yeah the cats would kill him. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I might last like two seconds. I know. Yeah. But yes, you get great reviews as a therapist. So I mean, just because you, identify yourself as an entrepreneur first obviously your clients are getting yeah, what they expect you know what? from you so does your they're getting doctor. the service well exactly my doctor doesn't see me until i swipe my fucking ohip card that, yeah. happens, <laughs> that happens first that happens before anything else yep. hi i'm here to see the doctor sure give me your card not even like hi how are you what time's your appointment it's like give me your health card <laughs> yeah speaking of money um unpopular opinion number two there's money to be made in massage therapy so much so much. And if you can't, you're doing something wrong. I think people, yeah. or at least the people that um, have been coming to our business meetups yep. and the people we've been encountering, I think people are starting to okay. realize this. Like, let's, this, let's like this. This is a lucrative profession. It can be. It, it can, can be if you are actually spending time on the business aspect. Like get out of this idea that you're just a therapist. If you're gonna if you're gonna work on a split for the rest of your life, forget it. That's it's not it's not gonna happen for but you. But even you're working gonna, on a split, maybe, you no, can make money. I know people who work at spas who make ninety K plus a year oh, I, working at a spa. I don't doubt that. Granted and, and those people are putting in the time and they're putting in the time and effort. Like when I say time and effort, I mean they're putting in the hours. If most massage therapists even just work even if you work on a split and you're making $45 an hour and you treated like regular work hours, like full-time work hours, you'd make a killing. But if you're right? working on a split in Toronto, you're making like 70, 75 bucks an hour. Mm, yeah. My last split was 69 an you hour. Could. I would say that you the low end of anything that a massage therapist is going to make on a split would be- a, 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 60? A, a, no, 40, 45 would probably be Whoa, the low. Well, that's like chain spas. But the low end of a split. But even $45 an hour, I mean, if you just work enough hours, you should do okay. Okay, so at the end of the day, you can still make money regardless. But if you want to make the funny money, like the the easy funny money, then working at a split the whole time, I think you got to do something a little bit different. I think you got to do something a little bit different. Yeah, it's not it's not ideal financially. But when I I mentioned this to you guys before, when when I chose my school and then I went, there was like a visitors night, and the director of admissions was talking about salary and earning potential and i i distinctly remember him saying this was back in 2013 and he said you know average massage therapist makes i think it was around fifty thousand dollars a year okay. like 50 to sixty thousand dollars a year yep. um which at the time for me i came from the entertainment industry i was like that's really good money so and then he said but if you want to make six figures you have to run a clinic and i thought oh oh well i definitely want to make six figures so i i guess i have to run a clinic mm-hmm. and i was like okay that's what i'm gonna do then eventually i'm gonna run a clinic right. and then i got out and i started working and i then I started working for myself and then I started doing the math and I was like, yeah. wait a minute. That's the thing. I can make, I've made more than 50 grand in the past six months. I can make six and I work part time. Yep. Like, yep. Yeah. I take a three day weekend every weekend. I take a good 12 weeks of vacation a year. I travel the world two months a year or used to in the before times. You can make six figures working part time. Yep. Like not even just working your ass off. I was like, and had I known that 
sooner. Mm, you would have done it all sooner. I would have aimed higher sooner. Yeah. I'm aiming high now, but it took me a few years to get to the point where I'm like super ambitious and smashing all my financial goals right, because right. it wasn't a reality mm-hmm. years ago. And then you see the way people talk. You know, if you go into like a massage therapy Facebook group and you see a prospective student saying, you know, I'm thinking of studying massage therapy, like what are the job prospects? And everyone says, you know, oh, you have to work your ass off and you're only going to make 50 grand. Mm. And I'm like, that's, that's false. that might be average, but no, only if you accept it. That doesn't yeah. have to be the case. You and you don't average. even have to be self-employed to make good money. You can make good money working for somebody else. Mm-hmm. But it, it was something that you uh, you said off mic as well is actually understanding your numbers. You know, like, for example, if you're somebody that's renting, do your math, understand your numbers, have financial proje- projections, set financial goals, and then you know what you have to do to meet them. Absolutely. You want to make six figures, you can, but you actually have to have a plan in place. You can't just, you know, Say, I want to make six figures and it happens. I would say for everyone that's working on a split that wants that kind of money and has the drive to 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 do whatever, get off get off a split, approach the clinic owner for rent, and then go from there. Right. If you know that this is what you want to do and you want to work for yourself and you and you want to make more than what you're making now, then let's go for rent. That's I definitely when you start to make money. always I, I, I've, I've, always, I've always rented other than I think maybe two like short term jobs that I had. Yeah. But I always um talked to the clinic owner and got on a contract renting the space and I would do calculations every so often just to see like based on the number of treatments I did this month Absolutely. if I was working on a 70-30 split how much would have had much to pay her made, yeah. and how much exactly. did I have to pay in rent I would have probably been paying about two and a half times more yep. working on a split than I was than mm-hmm. I was paying rent. So many people rent just sounds scary. But yeah, exactly. I mean. Because you feel like, Ooh, oh, fuck, I'm on the rent. hook for this, you know, one thousand fifteen hundred dollars a month. You can make that so fast. Exactly. Everything coming in and is yours. And if you know like that insane. that's your set amount, that's where the planning comes in. Like Nikki said, do the math and know, OK, fifteen hundred dollars is not mine. Like if that's what you're paying in rent, that's mm-hmm. never mind, right? So how much do I want to make this month? How many treatments do I have to do? How many days am I going to... It, it's actually not that hard. Not everybody wants to work for themselves. Not everybody wants to do the sales and no. the marketing and the networking and the, you know, all the... It's a lot of work. You guys know it. It's a lot of work working Absolutely, for yourself. Yeah. Like it's there's a ton of work that goes into it. Not everybody wants to do that. Of course. And that is totally fair. But you can work for somebody. I have friends who work for other people and they make like 95 bucks an hour. Yeah, it's a possibility for you sure. Like 75 plus... Plus, you know, at a high-end spa, plus a $20 yeah. tip. Like, yeah. you can make good money working for other people. You just, you got to know where to look. I yeah, we had somebody send us a message regarding this, because I think we put out a clip talking about this recently. And somebody said, because we were saying it's about your mindset, like you said, if you're choosing to accept it or not. And this person said, it's not always about mindset. It's really hard to find places that pay more than $30 an hour. And I like didn't know how to respond back. So I was Where like, were they? It, that was the thing. I was like, they must not be here because I I don't think I know of any places that pay as low as $30 no, an hour. Like not that, here. No. In the States maybe, but not here. So anyway, I mean, yes, of course, it's going to depend on where you are, but there are ways. This is the type of profession where you can you can decide. You want to make more. Even if you don't want to work for yourself 100%, could you have like a side hustle? Could Absolutely. you have a home practice That's on the a, side? Could you have a it's mobile something. practice on the side where you have zero overhead? Like there's so many different options that you're not stuck in making $30 an hour. That's one of the best parts of this industry is there's so many options. But what you were saying about mindset, I had a conversation with another massage therapist recently and I said to him, we have more control over our finances like over our income than we might think, even if we work for somebody else. And he said, we have less control than Mm. you think. And I was like, oh, then you're right. 
if this is how you think about your income and your money, that it's completely out of your control and then you're, you're stuck, right. yep. then you know what? You're right. You're well, right. Well, what was his I rationale? think differently. Uh, he was from the States and okay. I he I think he worked at a chain spa and it was okay, just okay. that's what they charge and that's what they pay and right. I have no control. And I was right, like, right. but you choose where you work. Mm-hmm. You choose where you live. You chose massage therapy as a profession. These are all choices that you made. And you're talking about how you're stuck in this $15 an hour job. Go work for somebody else who pays more or start your own thing and charge more. You're, there's no right or wrong. You can choose whatever you want to choose. But the point is, it's a choice. But he he was so stuck in, I work at this place. This is what they pay. Therefore, it's out of my control. And right. I was like, well, then you're right. Yep. If mm. that's the way that you think, then you are right. And guess what? I think differently. And I sleep on piles of money. The States is so weird to me. <laughs> it's so, it's a pile of money. <laughs> I pull it out from under my bed and I throw it down and I roll in it. The States is so weird to me because like when we had Rachel, when we had Rachel Bider on, we were, uh, was it Rachel that we were talking to? I, I talked to her yesterday. I adore her. She's pretty cool, eh? She's lovely. I'm two thirds of the way through her book, which nice. is amazing. Everybody should read Massage MBA. It's yeah, fabulous. Yeah. I can't remember if it was her that we asked this. I'm stone, so I might've just forgot what I was going to say. You might've to give me the playback. I don't know. All you do is the retrieval cue. Rachel Bider. No, but what were we just talking about before Rachel Bider? Um, The states messes you up. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Because when it came when it came to the idea when talking with Rachel and we said like because school takes up zero time in the states Mm -hmm. and therefore it probably doesn't cost a hell of a lot. Like I would just take it and use massage therapy as a part time job. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I've always said massage therapy is a great part time. job. Oh, for sure. That was my intent when I got into massage therapy. I never thought that it would be. Did I think I would be here? A decade later, talking about massage and it's my entire life. Absolutely not. <laughs> it was going to be a part-time job because yeah. I saw the beauty and like, oh, this is something I can do anytime, as much as I want, as little as I want. Like I, you know, there's just so much flexibility but with that's it. What I mean. So that's that was my intent with it. It was not going to be my career. Going to school for like three nights a week for a year, like that's that's nothing. Why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't everyone do this? You know what? <laughs> I got really sucked into that whole mindset though of massage therapy. Therapy is not a money-making career, and I used to be so guilty of it. I even used to teach it. Oh my god, if I taught you ten years ago, I, I apologize <laughs> because I was I was fucking wrong. I used to say when you actually do the math, you know, like let's say at this time I was probably charging ninety or ninety-five dollars an hour, or whatever. So I said, okay, let's say you make ninety dollars an hour and you do this many treatments per day, but then you pay your rent and then you uh, you know you pay your taxes and this and this and this, and I remember doing this whole math equation for some students. And I said, at the end of the day, you don't make much more than, you know, working at a regular nine to five at a bank. Mm-hmm. But that was my mindset. Like but that's I was true looking, for most people. That is true for most people. But it it took me a while to realize, well, that's if I decide to charge this much and work only this much and, and have so, my expenses set this way. So why do you think it's for most people, though? Is it most people don't recognize there's the, there's the potential? Is it most people that don't want to go through the work? I think it's both. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's for me, it was I definitely I had the ambition, yeah. but it wasn't a reality. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, oh, massage therapists make 50, 60 grand if you work for somebody else. And then if you want to make six figures, you have to run a clinic. That was the reality that was as it was told to me. Mm-hmm. It didn't it didn't become a reality to make six figures working for myself part time until I started doing it. I think the more that we do the those business 
meetup things, I think the better it is. The more people can see, like there are therapists that are doing this and it's not just like, I know someone that knows someone that knows someone. It's like, this is, I'm sitting here on the Zoom call with you yeah. and I'm telling you, this is a possibility. And this is why I'm such a loud mouth because half the time I'm like, just get off the internet and stop being so angry. Like I'm not going to fight with strangers, <laughs> but I'll go on a Facebook group and I'm just like, no, there's so much bad advice out there. Like, what are these people saying? And I have to get involved. And part of me is just like, calm down, go away. But then I'm like, no, there are new therapists new or prospective students mostly young women in their 20s and 30s who are just being fed i I sounds i hate to say like limiting beliefs but Mm -hmm. that's what it is they're just they're being fed these this not nonsense but you can they're not being shown the whole picture and and they're being told like this is what you make and this is how hard it is and, and you're going to you're going to injure yourself and you're going to work really hard and you're going to get perverts on your table and you're going to and all of these stories yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know people saying like don't do it if you want to make good money go and do Cairo instead or do this instead too or lost, you yeah, know but... and I just it, like it breaks my heart I'm like we're we're setting these mostly women up for failure mm. and if somebody had come along and held my hand and told me you know I make really good money yeah. working for myself doing whatever I want, controlling my hours, traveling the world two months a year, working part-time, I would have been like, oh, cool. That's what I want to do. See, that's what I like. The more of you that are out there that are saying, hey, look at me, I'm real, then it becomes easier for someone to believe it to to be real for them. And uh, us as therapists should fucking know better. Like all we do is preach how every body, every nervous system is different and everybody's experience is going to be different. And then online you're (laughs) telling people, this is what you can expect as a massage therapist. No, you can expect whatever you set your expectations to be. It's, It's absolutely in your control. I've believed that forever and it took me a while to actually take my own advice, but you're in control. As Nikki said, it's all choices. You're oh, yeah. making choices. You choose where you work. You choose how much you're going to charge. You choose how much you're you're going to work and how many patients or clients you're going to see in a week. And there's so many other things you can do other than just having your hands on people. Like look at Mark. He's made an entire career out of teaching. So if you're somebody that is a good speaker, if you've got a course, like there's so many other things you can do that stay relevant in the realm of massage it's therapy. The best profession i love it I, i'm i'm in love with it too it's there's there's just so many things you can sometimes can i do. feel like it's like our best kept secret i'm like how come the whole world isn't doing this that's do they I mean. not know how awesome that's it what is? i'm saying and in the states even like i said it doesn't even take a lot of time to go to school what i gotta give a 500 fucking hours yeah, it's to like go a to weekend school? course i'm <laughs> 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 gonna get so much hate mail from the states love you america should we shall we move on because sure. I got a bunch of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this. I like this. <laughs> Unpopular opinion number three. This one's a doozy. I've mentioned this on the podcast before and I have to be careful with my wording. But being a female dominated profession holds us back. I think. Okay. And I love that this is a women dominated profession. Mm-hmm. I am a woman. I got into this profession a big reason was because it's woman dominated because i came from the music industry which was super sexist and i was like i want to go where i'm going to be rewarded for being a woman and women are typically in higher demand for various reasons um and i think all of that is beautiful and wonderful and amazing and awesome and i have a lot of strong women uh mentors and i think in a lot of ways the fact that it's woman dominated 
can hold us back. And it's not entirely our fault. It's when you're raised as a girl and when you're, I'm like looking at Mark, Amanda. I already <laughs> agree with you, but I'm going to you When you're socialized as a woman in a patriarchal system, and here's where like the feminist in me comes out. Um, not the ang- I'm not like an angry man-hating feminist, but I am a feminist, um, depending on your definition of the word. But we're taught, we're socialized to be meek, to be likable, to be pleasant. Don't ask for more. Don't stand up for yourself. Don't enforce your boundaries. Um, just be just be pretty and quiet and likable and grateful and be nurturing and be caring and, you know, put everybody else before yourself. Okay. And then you see this mentality bleeding into the profession okay. and the way that a lot of women, not everyone, but a lot of women run their businesses and, you know, by undercharging, by, you know, coming in on their off hours because they just want to help people or somebody wanted me to come in on a Saturday. So I did or going over time because they needed it or not enforcing their cancellation policy because they had a good excuse or whatever, whatever, whatever. And you hear the way people are talking and it's like, and now everybody else is just following suit because this has just become the industry mm-hmm, standard. Mm-hmm. And I think in a lot of ways, these sort of stereotypical feminine characteristics that we have, which can be beautiful and wonderful and magical, I think business-wise, mm-hmm. they can hold us back. 100% I agree with you. We spoke about this um, on the last business meetup as well, that TED Talk that Mark and I were watching, right? Where yep. so many leaders are men and he, you know, his... His talk was actually really, it was kind of funny the way he presented it, but there was so much truth in it in that a lot of times men's um, charisma and their confidence well exceeds their capability. And then you've got a ton of capable women who just don't have that same dominant personality that makes people believe you're a good leader. I should listen to you. Even in a female dominated profession, a lot of our educators, a lot of the leaders, a lot of the people that everybody looks up to are men. Mm -hmm. We are an 80% female dominated profession where all of the leaders are men so is it because they're what, the best people what are you, the most capable people what are you looking for in a female leader what am i looking for in any leader okay well is somebody we're, we're who, saying female so well mm-hmm. it in any leader but yes okay if you want me yes, to throw yeah, female yes, in there yes, yes I you do, want actually. somebody who is capable and who does the things that um i wish i could remember this guy's name because now i've brought him up twice and yeah, yeah, different yeah, yeah, things yeah, yeah. and i don't but yeah. he had brought up you know some of the the characteristics of female leaders are being good listeners that right. doesn't seem to to bleed into the male leaders like men just sort of take over the situation and do what they think is right yep. versus listening to the rest of the people who are on the ground working whereas women are are more likely to listen and be more collaborative okay. mm-hmm. so i think that is a really good characteristic of a leader is actually getting input from all different angles because you don't know everything and you can't do everything yourself um being humble you know, not being the person who's well, like, we're good at that. We are good at we, <laughs> we are got, good at we got that one. We are face. good at being humble for sure. Okay. Um, not and, me. I don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you know, like what Nikki was saying, is a lot of the characteristics that. So why doesn't this exist then? We second guess ourselves. So why is men there are just no... like I have this idea. I'm just going to go do it, and and I can. And then women are like, oh, but. I, 
I don't know if I if I should or maybe it's not the best. Like Nikki I don't said, we've been we've been socialized not. to not offend people. It was this whole off mic conversation we were having um, while you were setting up as well. You know where when we first started the podcast, you'll just say whatever you want to say and not worry about it. I've always been the more diplomatic one, and maybe have been opening up a little bit more lately. But I started out as the more diplomatic one. Why? Because I felt that things I was saying were wrong. No, not necessarily because I was worried how other people were going to take them. Mm-hmm. Right? Why is that? never a fear for you. I think it's less of a fear for men. And again, like Nikki said, we're generalizing. Not all women are like this. There are some fucking badass women leaders, mm-hmm. but they're few and far between compared to male leaders because this dominance and this this ability to have this confidence, even when you're not necessarily the most capable person in the room, is very much a male trait. Is this conscious, common knowledge amongst female RMTs. No. Is which? That that there is no female leadership and there should be because we're a female dominated industry. And if we had female leadership, then we can probably you know, do more with what we're doing. I don't think it's something we think about no, or talk it's, about. I don't enough. think it's I think we're so focused on other people and pleasing other people that mm. we're not we're not focused enough on getting ourselves ahead. And I talk a lot about the gender wage gap yeah. and how whatever the stats are, there's controversy over what whether the stats are accurate, but you know, women make whatever, 77 cents on the dollar Mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. men or whatever. There's a number of reasons for that. And, you know, part of it is systemic injustice, but a huge part of that, we bring it on ourselves. And so I'm always telling people, I'm like, I raise my rates every single year. Mm -hmm. The gender wage gap is not going to close itself. It's up to women to close it. We can't just sit around waiting for people to hand us money. We have to ask for it. Hmm. You guys need to start a start a rally. But also what Amanda was saying about, you know, being more diplomatic than you, part of it is we're just raised to be more self-conscious about what people think of us. And the other part of it is, I'm sure you would get more of the backlash. People, women included, women are very hard on other women. We're critical of women. We're critical of mothers. Yep. I'm sure you've had your fair share of people telling you what kind of mother you need to be. Yeah, but I don't stand for that. In a way that (laughs) angry mama bear comes out. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) But in, in, I think you've mentioned this before too. Like if you have somebody over, you have to clean the place. Yeah. Yeah. Because. Because who are they going to look at? Because they're not going to look at Mark and say, you know, he, and if they he's did, filthy. And even if they did, they'd be like, well, he's a dude. Of course <laughs> exactly. he is. But they'll look at you and be like, well, she's a bad mother. Right. Like you're going to get the brunt of the criticism if you say something controversial. Whereas if Mark says something controversial, it's like, he's mm. cool. He's fun. He's a Well, dude. even yeah, even one criticism we got one time about the language, it started. Well, you actually laughed about this when the person wrote like the male in his language. Blah, blah, oh, and, the then male. She wrote, <laughs> and then she wrote, oh, my, did I just hear the female use bad language? Even that sentence. It's like it's. It's kind of expected of him and I'm going to I'm going to shit on him for it. But like now the woman's doing it. I'm like, well, why is it like even worse if I say fuck? Because you're a lady. Be a lady. Be a lady. Be a lady. Who does saying fuck offend? Like really at the end of the day. Everyone who comments on your post, apparently. I don't get it. I don't get it. Am I I being mean to somebody by saying fuck? I don't understand. Am I? No. Exactly. So I don't understand what everyone's freaking out about. Yeah, who are you harming? Who am I harming by saying fuck? You don't look at me. I've said, it's funny because Mark's actually more strict than I am when it comes to language like with our kids. Around the kids. He's (laughs) more like... I'm I'm careful. I don't swear in front of them, but I've said to him multiple times, I've probably said on the podcast, I'm like, if the worst thing my kid ever does is say fuck, 
I'm okay with You've it. You've done a good job. I'm and okay they it. will say fuck. And they will. Yeah. They will hear humans. it. They will hear it. Um, well, our three-year-old has already said it. We have no idea where she heard it from, but when she was probably one and a half or two. <laughs> Maybe she's listening to this podcast. Oh, God. <laughs> we do not listen to the podcast at home. But if, if uh, I think she was probably one, or half, one and a half or two, and she couldn't get her boot off, and she said, can somebody help me get this fucking boot <gasps> off? And we were just like, so where did she even hear that? I would be like, hey, you used Use that so accurately. Well, yeah. It was it was very accurate and she, yeah I doubt she was even two when that happened it was amazing <laughs> yeah you can't get mad at that that's adorable no I, I had to walk away and laugh like, that was incredible <laughs> I don't, I don't and that's gonna be you're gonna tell her that story in 10 years yep that's adorable <laughs> all right you ready for some more I'm ready yeah. uh okay unpopular opinion number four split is overrated so talking about split i think everybody knows what a split is when you make a percentage of, of what the yeah. clinic that you're working for charges i i think i know what you mean with this we, we had this conversation recently yeah, yeah, yeah. so if you go onto any or at least in canada any like canadian massage therapy message board people are obsessed with split if somebody has a job hosting what's like i'm hiring it's like what's the split what's the split what's the split or people will say I uh, I won't work for anything less than a 60% split or mm. this place should charge a 70% split or, you know, oh, this place charges a 70% split. That's a really good split. Well, if you're getting 70% on $70. Then well, that's the thing. Yeah. Everybody goes on and on and on about split. And I saw somebody had chimed in. It was a relatively new therapist and she had posted in a Facebook group that um, something like she was getting a 60% split and she wanted a 65% split or something like that and she was like what's average what's normal and all of the comments were like you know don't sell yourself short don't work for less than 60% like 60% is the bare minimum or 65 or whatever the numbers were and everyone was just obsessed with split and I was like hold up okay split of what exactly it's one piece of the puzzle 60% like 60% that's not a figure that's yep. 60% of what first of all because one place might charge 60%, but they charge 90 bucks an hour. Another place might give you 50%, but they charge 150 bucks an hour. Yep, like, which absolutely. one's better? And then also, how busy are they? Like, what I care about when I was working for somebody else was how much money am I bringing home at the end of the day? Right. What is the, what are you charging? What split am I getting of what you're charging? So really, what's the dollar amount per hour massage? And how busy And is how it? many massages yeah, am I volume. doing in a day? Because I turned down a job that offered to pay me $125 an hour, which sounds like really great money, and it is, but they only wanted me for like one, maybe two massages a day. And yeah. I was like, no, because $125 an hour is awesome, but $125 a day? Yeah. New? Not as awesome. I'm not getting out of bed for less than 300 bucks. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> so when people, people get so obsessed with split, and I just, I think it's so myopic. Like, it's really just one piece of the puzzle. Mm. And I think people need to be looking for more. So when when somebody says, you know, we're hiring, we offer a 65% split, that might sound amazing. But first thing that comes to my mind is how much do you charge and how busy yeah. are you going to be? That's what matters. Do you drop that information in those groups and, and join the conversation that way? I do when it's... When I get the sense that it's because sometimes it'll be like I get very protective of like new young therapists, okay. you know, yeah, yeah. especially if they're women. And if it's if it's somebody who seems like they're young or they're new to the business and they're asking questions about split and they're mm -hmm. saying, you know, what's average or what should I go for? or What should I ask for? Or, mm -hmm. You know, this clinic is charging 60 percent. Is that normal? Like when they start asking questions like that yeah. and then I see the comments and everybody's just like 60 percent or bust. That's when I chime in. 
to be like, guys, this is really short sighted. You're this is just one piece of the puzzle. You're not looking at the big picture. Yeah. When it's a bunch of other therapists who are like seasoned and they're talking about how they've been working for ten years and the. You, I don't get involved. I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to change your mind for me. I get, I get more protective over the newbie therapist, I think. Cause this is the guidance that I would have wanted. I never chime in on those things. I can't be bothered. You're probably a much calmer, happier person for it. <laughs> probably. I just, I, I honestly, I don't think anything I say translates well anyway. Like when I type no, it anything and, on No, and when Facebook. there's somebody asking a question and you've got 40, 50, 70, 120 responses, you're just getting lost in the mix sometimes anyway. So sometimes I'll see something like this. And I'm like, eh, I just, I can't. Yeah, most of the time it's just not worth it. Like that's someone I'd be, I'd be like, you know, if you want to have a conversation, reach out, let's talk. I'm happy to do that. But I, I don't, I don't, and I've done that before on Facebook many times when I see this whole chain of stuff I'm like you know what? I, I have a little bit of insight if you want it just Mark's reach out really to me good for that to. actually if you see someone's kind of getting like pushed around and bullied online he'll just direct message them and be like if you want some advice message me like I'm not getting involved yeah. in this yeah. but send me a message that's great that's yeah, but I don't, smart I don't too because you don't want to get into like I can't be bothered I'm the same I'm like I'm not going to argue with a bunch of massage therapists but um, <laughs> and then speaking of split unpopular opinion number five the business owner should fill the schedule so this is another uh, idea that I've seen floating around. I've seen like clinic owners saying, you know, what gone are the days of people hustling, gone are the days of people working to fill their practice. Like I've got this therapist on a split and, you know, they're they're not hustling and they're not networking and they're not, mm-hmm. you know, or you get people on the flip side, like newbie therapists saying, you know, I work for this place. I'm on a split. Like, I'm not really busy. How do I get busy? And then everybody chimes in. Do chair massage. Do networking. Right, go to right, events. Right. Go to this. Go to that. You know, start a Facebook business page. Do a Google. What? And people start chiming in with all their business advice. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like the lone wolf over here going, quit. <laughs> like, <laughs> If you're working on a split, I don't know the rule. I know that there's like between independent contractor and employee and there it's muddy and there are different definitions. And I'm definitely not an expert in those definitions. But okay. what I will say is there was a time where I was working at two clinics and I was working two days a week at each clinic and the shifts were the same length. So I was given the same times to each clinic. One clinic was consistently fully booked, yep. required a credit card to book an appointment Enforce the cancellation policy if somebody canceled, so I still got paid. Um, did advertising like she? It was run. Ru- it was run by a woman, and right. she ran a tight ship. And I was always predictably busy. Okay. The other clinic, complete opposite, run by two men. Didn't put a lot of effort into marketing. Put the onus on me to mm-hmm. fill the calendar. Like you need to get more people in, and you need to go to this event, and you need to. You know, it was more my responsibility to fill my calendar. Right. And at the end of the year, when I did my taxes. I had made $10,000 more at one clinic than I did at the other. That's not a small difference. Yeah, that was yeah. sizable. And so I don't actually know what the rules are with independent contractors and employees There are no rules whatever. when it comes to things like there's that. No, but when people no go and they're like, well, I'm on this split. How do I fill my book? I'm I'm just like, go work for somebody else who's going to fill it for you. If you want to fill your yeah. own book, rent a room. There's, there's Exactly. There's two schools of thought on this though, right? So I get, I get it all. I understand all sides of it. I'll tell you for me though, if I'm working on a split in a clinic, I'm not hustling. No. Me personally, because I'm not killing myself to to bring you business. That's that's just my thought on this. If I'm going to kill myself to bring in business, then I'm going to do it for myself. I'm not going to do it for you. Hell yeah. Right? To me, it's, it's if I'm in a 60% split, 
you're you're the business owner. You're keeping forty percent of that, which is not a lot of money. But you're keeping forty percent. No. To me, in exchange for that forty percent, you're putting bodies on the table. That's part of the forty percent for me. And the reason is because I had that. The only way that I would actually do this as a clinic owner, and like I can I can understand the the clinic that you were at with that were run by two males. If the mentality is. You know, if massage happens, it happens. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. We're like, we're not a massage place. So it's just kind of this nice addition. And I want somewhere I can send my people to say I'm a physio or a Cairo. Okay. Let's get a massage therapist in. That way we can at least refer our people to them. They'll be here. And if they get busy, great. If they want to go promote, great. But as long as they're here to at least serve the community that we already have here, that's the only way that I can see that making sense. Is yeah. That, that make sense so yes, you did. Cool. So my thought on this also, like there's a whole bunch of different things to consider. One, when you as the therapist went in to interview with this clinic, what was set out? What were the expectations? What was in the contract? That's number one. No contract. Well, and that's Mm. stupid. Uh, We'll get to that. Unpopular (laughs) opinion number five. That's stupid. Um, But if you are going to work in a clinic and work off of a split, if you're the clinic owner and you want the therapist to fill their own practice and have this, you know, basically take some ownership. As a clinic owner, I do want therapists to take ownership and run their practice and do what they want to do and empower them because that's how you keep therapists longer. That's how you don't have a high turnover. Right. However, there has to be incentive to do that. So either have them on a rent or have a ceiling and a floor where there's some incentive to yep. keep themselves busy. Because as a therapist, I actually like the onus being on me to build my own practice because I want the people I want to treat. I don't want Billy Bob walking off the street okay. and the clinic owner saying, I got him in here, you treat him. And I'm like, that's one of my favorite parts about self-employment is choosing who I right. work so with. So I like the idea of being the therapist that builds your own practice and yep. being responsible for myself. However, I've only ever, as I said, worked off of a rent. And so for me, I wanted to go out and do the networking and do the marketing and get people on the table because I had to pay $1,700 a month in rent. Exactly. So I wanted to fill my practice. If I'm working on a 60-40 and all you're providing to me is a physical space and you're saying, well, you got to get busy, you got to get busier. Okay, if I get busier, are you going to up my split? Are mm-hmm. you going to put a, a ceiling on it? If not, you're Nikki's right. I'm quitting. Yeah. Why am I doing this? I'm not working just to make you money. Yeah. Just coming from the position where I worked for a place on a 60% split where mm-hmm. I had to do nothing. Right. Everything was taken care of. I, I showed up. Those places too. I brought my iPod. Yep. I could wear what I wanted. Yep. I, the books were filled, the, you treat, you do your notes, you go home. That was it. I was in and out in seven hours. I'd Mm -hmm. make my 300 bucks. I was like, I loved it. I worked at a place like that too. And and then when it came down to it though, whenever the clinic wanted to do promotional shit and they're like, oh, can you come to this marathon or this, this or that, that I'm thinking, nope, I don't want to do that. Like, that's not what I do with you. I show up, I treat, I go home. I'm not here to help build the massage business for you. I'm here to provide the service. That's what you're paying me the split for, right? But I see it from all sides. That's a conversation that really has to happen with the clinic owner in terms of like, what is the role here of the massage therapist? What do you want the massage business to look like? Like, And you can run your business however you want. And you as the therapist can accept any business model you want. But if you've accepted it, then don't complain about it on it is, Facebook. It is all about, yeah, effective communication and, yeah, and sure. managing expectations. And, you know, and, and not having contracts is a bad idea for that. Like It how, was great for me. Well, <laughs> but in those types of scenarios, it's like, how do, how, do, how do we make decisions 
on the things that we know are going to happen if we don't have it written out that this is how we agree we're going to handle you avoid a lot of awkward and uncomfortable conversations just by having a contract in some cases not having a contract yeah definitely is going to benefit somebody but it's typically not benefiting the clinic owner if you're a clinic owner have your people on contracts it's not going to benefit you not having them on a contract yeah clinic owners to get really really they can get screwed they get screwed big time especially when it comes to the whole cra employee independent contractor thing that's where they can get fucked i feel for clinic owner i don't i wouldn't do it not here i I don't know how you can run a business and make a profit when you're giving 60 percent to the therapist i think i think splits are great for the therapist and from what I've See, this heard, is, this is why terrible for the clinic. This is why, like, like for example, physiotherapy is amazing. If you if you have a clinic and you hire a physiotherapist and you pay them by the hour, most physios are not working on splits, right? They're working by hour, so you make a killing just off a of physio on its own. And then you know, okay, well, the massage therapy money is kind of bonus money at this point. That type of thing. Or if you have a chiropractor that you're paying by hour versus split. And a lot of these cats work like that. A lot of physios work on hourly versus splits. And those guys don't make more. They range between $35 and $50 an hour that they get paid. It's insane. So like I have a friend who owns a clinic and she was asking what's a split for physios typically. And I I told her what uh, I can't remember. I asked a bunch of people. I don't remember what the answer was. But then I was like, why don't you use the why don't you pay the physio hourly? Mm -hmm. She's like, oh, that can get expensive. I'm like, wait a second. Hourly. You're paying fucking $40 an hour. He's there for a seven hour day. And then you use him. Why not have your massage therapy client come in and you're paying this fucking guy per hour anyway. I want you to go see the physio and have like an assessment. I'm paying them anyway. What the fuck? Here, do some work. And then that'll hopefully build into a physio client, that type of thing. I'm like, fucking... Anyway. (laughs) He's thought this out. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I honestly have very little to say. I have nothing to say about clinic ownership. I've never done it. I'm just saying I worked at a place that didn't fill my books. I worked at a place that did. Guess which one I stayed at longer. Guess which one I preferred working at as a therapist. And given that therapists are in high demand... And that clinic owners are constantly struggling to find good therapists. If you can fill their books, that's a really good selling feature. Well, clinic owners, you just have to put some energy into marketing. Get get people through your doors because once they get (laughs) and get physio, get physio. But once they get through the door, massage therapy itself is an easy sell. Who doesn't want a massage? You just That's gotta why get I people chose through your this profession. I was like, I've got something that everyone wants. Everyone and wants al- it. And, and almost no nobody has to pay for it exactly. out of pocket. If that's what I mean. If you can't make money doing this, this is you're, doing, you're doing it wrong if you can't make money doing this. Okay. This is, can we keep talking about money? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're not all about money. They're just mostly about money. Talking about money. Unpopular opinion number six, everyone is undercharging. Almost everyone is undercharging. There are a few people who, there's like that guy who charges 300 bucks an hour. Maybe he's doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> I think most people are undercharging. I think most people are undercharging compared to what people will pay. Absolutely. Compa- yeah, compared to what people are paying for sure. But also when you actually paying. do the math, when you look at like, because when I first entered this profession, I was like, whoa, 100 bucks an hour. That's so cool. And then I started working for myself and I was like, oh, okay. I've got That's the half an hour after actually, every yeah. treatment. I've got the two hours I yep. spend prepping. I got the eight loads of laundry that I do every week or the $500 I have to pay somebody to do my laundry every yep, month. Yep, yep. I've got, you know, so it's the time that I work on my business and then deduct the, you know, $30,000 a year that I have in business expenses and then, you know, the website and the credit card fees and the yep. whatever, whatever, whatever. I was like, oh, you might charge $100 an hour. You're not <laughs> earning $100 an hour. Um, and then, yeah, so what you said, seeing how much people are actually willing to pay. And, and people then, pay a 
lot. If you think about it, and by the way, I'm not like I might come, I know I sound like I'm coming into my high horse. These are all lessons I've had to learn the hard way. When I first opened my private practice, I imagine your horse would be five foot one to the ground. You're that tiny. You're five one, five and three quarters. (laughs) I round up. (laughs) I know I round up too. I'm like five seven and three quarters. Why would you round up? No, I'm a wee one. My people are my people are not big. So your horse is low. Yeah. I'm not worried about you. So, you know, like uh, adjustable wooden tables. I take the legs right off. Mm. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I know. Isn't it cute? It's adorable. (laughs) Um, But when I first opened my practice, I did what everybody did. I was like, okay, I'm going to work from home. And then I did a Google search and I looked at the competition that was surrounding me, which is a lot. I'm live in a very congested area for massage therapy and everyone was charging you know 100 bucks an hour and i was like okay well i'm new and i don't know anybody and i'm i was new to the neighborhood too i hadn't even been living in the neighborhood for long so i undercut them Mm -hmm. i was like okay i'll charge 90 bucks an hour that sounds like a lot of money that's more than i was making on a split like totally not factoring in business expenses and the actual additional time that goes into running a business um and so I, I undercut them. And that's what everybody does. Everybody, you go, you you rent a space, you and then what's the first thing you do? You look around and mm. you say, what's the market? What's the competition? Oh, they're all charging 100, 100, 110, whatever the numbers are. And then you charge the same. And I'm not judging because I did this. But then you start hearing how people talk about money and everything I was saying before about burn the rich, eat the rich. I just want to help people. I don't want to be selfish. Yep. It's greedy to raise your rates during a pandemic. Everybody's suffering enough, blah, blah, blah. You hear the way people are talking about money. And then you hear things like, I haven't raised my rates in 15 years, or I've raised my rates $5 every five years or whatever it is that people are coming up with. Mm-hmm. And, and then I think I'm basing my livelihood on your poor financial decisions Nobody wins. And everybody's waiting for other people to give them permission to raise their rates. I have had therapists tell me, like, I really wanted to raise my rates, but I had to wait until the clinic down the street did it first. And we're all just sitting here waiting for somebody else to do it first. Mm. A polite fight. (laughs) That is a polite fight. So that's why I say everyone is undercharging, I think. I think this is worse in the States. I think it's a little better here because we're, you know, we're we're regulated and we we're more educated. We're like the highest trained therapist in the world, I think. So Mm -hmm. I do think that we charge more than people in other countries. I definitely see this more in the US, but we've got our own money bullshit up here too. I agree. I think we should be charging more. And um, this might be on your list of unpopular opinions, but extended healthcare does harm us in that way, right? Because when somebody's Uh, told they get $500 a year for massage, that's all they want. That's all they want. And you're like, well, I can't I can't fucking do anything with that. Or they say, you know, well, you know, my insurance covers $80, so I have to get an $80 massage. They think that whatever their insurance covers, that's what massage should cost. It's so crazy. And any therapists who are allowing that to perpetuate, we need to be reminding people, as I do, yeah, your insurance is there to help offset some of the cost, but you're not, you shouldn't be expecting your massage to be free. So, you know, I have people who, yeah, they're, I've got one woman, for example, uh, she gets $30 covered for each treatment. Doesn't matter how the cost of the treatment, she gets $30. So the first time she came into me, the way she worded it literally came out as, well, you have to give me some discount. I'm like, I don't. Whoa. No, I don't. <laughs> Damn, I said, this is what I can do for you. I said, if you're not comfortable paying um, you know, this much extra because your insurance only covers $30. The only thing I s- can suggest to you is book half hour treatments. And then, but still, then you're still going to have to pay the additional like $35 plus oh, HST. Yeah. I make you know? my shorter like, treatments punitively expensive too. Mm-hmm. So 
I'm like, yeah. you can book a shorter treatment if you want, but I'm going to punish you for it. Well, so this is the thing is there's this mentality. Well, my insurance only covers this. Well, you know what? You're lucky to even have insurance. Yeah, therefore, that's all I have. So if if that's all you have and if that's if it's not a priority to you, then I don't know what to say to you. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're willing to go spend $200 to get highlights, but you can't spend $35 on a massage because your insurance only covered a certain percentage. I don't know what to say to you. This is a this is an industry prof- profession problem. This is us not being able to communicate the value of what we do yeah. in, in an effective way that someone finds it valuable that it doesn't matter what the insurance is going to pay for. It. Yeah, and I know that's one of the that's reasons it. that that's Nikki doesn't like it. direct billing. Direct billing has actually worked great for I me. Do it, <laughs> but I can understand that, and I respect people who won't do it because I don't want people relying on their insurance. If you're just relying on your insurance, then so what? Again, my livelihood is based on how much your insurance is going to pay me. I just I don't want somebody coming in thinking they have have whatever coverage and then it turns out to be wrong like because people they get it wrong they oh, think they oh i have 80 percent coverage there yeah. you know Absolutely. but then it's like no it's only 80 percent up to up whatever to your point. insurance yeah. company decides is a reasonable and customary amount which to me is poverty i'm like i don't charge a reasonable and customary amount i charge way more we have to stop allowing the insurance company to bully around what we do and the rmtao if you look at it's insane they're like oh you should be charging 103 after no. tax i'm like excuse me the bottom line i got bills is- to pay <laughs> I have concerts to go to. I have countries to see. Well, not right now. The no. whole eventually, <laughs> we need to just we need to just forget the fucking insurance company. Period. Like when an insurance company does anything to not pay out a claim, that's when you should start thinking, why am I even feeding into this? Like, why do I even bother with this? So we've had this happen before. Everyone's had this happen before. You just mentioned it, where the insurance company only pays out regardless of what you charge. You might have charged one hundred twenty dollars, but the insurance company's only going to pay out you know eighty dollars to you because this is the going rate of massage in your in your neighborhood therefore we're not going to pay more than that but the going rate is because everyone's undercharging but even still like why why are we accepting that like this is ridiculous yeah, who's, or, who's this insurance company deciding exactly, this exactly, is what's acceptable exactly. for massage or I've, I've also heard insurance companies they started asking for things on a receipt that the governing body says we don't have to have I, I heard about this exactly. that's weird so like the insurance it's anything to not pay out a claim oh yep. there's no address on the receipt we're not we're not paying out this claim we reject this meanwhile our governing body doesn't have it as like we have to so we're following the, the regulation for what we need to do and the insurance company saying that's not good enough we need more or yeah. when I'm they gonna, get a doctor's note I'm going to give you or you, you need a doctor's note to get myself I'm going to give you one better I've already heard this where an insurance company said I need the documentation from this from this treatment that can demonstrate that this massage was therapeutic in nature oh my and I'm like this has nothing to do with this person's policy no. you do not need to do that as a therapist and that that therapist, when I was talking to them, they're like, I'm sending them this stuff because I don't want my client to not have the coverage from I'm like, why are you letting the insurance company do this? This is you should just say fuck off. I'm doing what is required of me. My governing body requires this, and I'm doing nothing more than this. Well, I had uh, one client contact me. Actually, her mother contacted me. She's a teenager, and her mother contacted me and said, would you be able to create another receipt for my daughter because the insurance company requires our address on the receipt? And I said, you mean my address? She goes, no, 
our address. I'm like, pardon this me? This makes no sense. Their insurance company needed their own address I've on the receipt. It I'm makes like, no sense. That's insane. Your name is there. You are the one submitting it. Why the fuck do I, as the therapist, have to put my client's addresses Who on cares a receipt? Where you live. Exactly. The like, treatment was done in my space. <laughs> yeah. I, it was so it's, bizarre. It's anything to not pay out a claim. That's all insurance does. Exactly. I will say, though, I am great. One of the biggest reasons why I chose this profession is because because it's covered by insurance. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is amazing. I've yeah. said this before. I get it. I got something everyone wants and nobody has to pay for. I am very grateful for insurance cover. It's a blessing and a curse. Yes, but the way the industry rolls about it and is it's so dependent on it, mm-hmm. like no one is breaking the mold of of saying like, I'm going to market myself and I'm going to display value for massage therapy in a way that stands out. I have a lot of people who don't have insurance. They just, they, exactly. they, they value. I don't the, have insurance. They understand my the fa- value. My, and I, my get a, I get a 90 minute massage. I had a 90 minute massage yesterday i get a 90 minute massage every four weeks pay out of pocket so if we all collectively do something like that and then the message goes forward about about the value of what we do then the consumer is much less worried about does my insurance company cover it or not do i have it because this is something that i need this is something that i want this now is something that as a consumer i value and i'll keep going and i'll keep paying for it yeah the consumers need to look at their insurance as a blessing and part of you know, helping to offset the but cost. The message but comes the, from the therapist. Yeah, I was just going to say, or we need to do a better job of marketing exactly. our own value. Exactly. Yes. And then insurance is just, it's a pleasant bonus. Exactly. It shouldn't be what you're relying on. It should just be, oh, great. Some of this is going to be paid by my insurance company. When you guys were talking about the insurance company that decides like how much is reasonable. reasonable and so my, my one hour went up by $13 after COVID. Yay. And, um, <laughs> But pre-COVID, most of my clients who had 100% coverage, everything was was covered. Mm-hmm. After that, the insurance company was giving me $103. Because that's what the RMTAO has said. Yep. You know what? And so though? the clients had to pay the remainder. I was like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I would, are you kidding me? I would me? not even at that point with that client do any direct billing with them. I would say you're going to pay it up front. And then if your insurance company, like, in other words, you go to battle with your insurance company. Well, no, I, I didn't I try do. to battle. The client would just give me the extra money. But even still, I mean, like, that's not right to happen. So would that happen to the client? If the client submitted it, would they have received back only $103? They might have or they might not have. Remember you and I tested that? Yes. We've uh, one of Mark's uh, one of Mark's high school friends, his wife became a client of mine. And so he asked her to try this out. Yeah, it was really cute. So he asked her to try this out. She came in for a treatment with me after my rates had gone up and the insurance company, and it was a 90 minute treatment. So nice. the insurance company didn't uh, pay me. I think it was something like 18 bucks. And of course she was like, of course, I'll just give you the extra 18 bucks, right? Like no big deal. Okay. But then Mark said, can we try the next time you come in, instead of Amanda billing for you, can you try to submit it yourself see and if see if, if there's a difference? Ooh. And there wasn't. Oh. That, in that case, oh, there wasn't. So I know it would have been. But this is my point. If there's not a difference and that person got $103 back, but their policy says that they're supposed to get 100% back, then they should go to battle it's to the insurance It's 100% company. up into whatever, uh, up until... I don't know. It's different for different insurance exactly. companies. So this imagine is why I don't policy, get involved. I imagine the policy would have some sort of cap on it. But the bottom line is, it's not your fight to go take up. No, and right? I don't fight it's, it. <laughs> make, make the client go do that fight. And 
the more clients that do that fight, the less likely the insurance company will do these types of things. I'm going to put a note in here. I really hope, and I'm not, I'm not trying to offend you, therapist, if you're doing this. But if you are doing this, I'm going to politely ask you to stop. You don't have to be polite. lowering your rates. To- not, not lowering. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, sort of. If you have Take a client and you do their direct billing, and let's say you charge 113 dollars, the insurance company pays 103. Don't let that client walk out the door without paying the 10 bucks. Hello. Don't say, don't say. You know what? It's okay. I'll no. Don't do that. That is part of the problem. If we're just saying we will only charge what the insurance company will pay. Absolutely not. Charge your full rate. They can deal with their insurance. Mm-hmm. Charge more what the insurance company will pay. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Um, you ready for more? You want to take a break? What's going on? I'm stoned, so this is great. <laughs> Nikki, do you need more wine? Have you even drank any I, wine? Yes, I always need more wine. All right. Yes, please. We're going to take a wine break. Hold on. <laughs> Um, okay, I think I'm done for now talking about money. Um, for now. Um, unpopular opinion number seven. I know you guys agree with me on this one. Um, sex work is real work. Yes, it is. And not is. all Johns are creepers. I absolutely agree. You guys have done those episodes with, is her name Emily? Yes. For me, yes. I love, those are my favorite episodes that you guys have done. Oh. I just, I love them. I love her. I think she's amazing. Um, and again, I think this is, it's better in Canada than it is in the U S and I don't mean to keep like poo pooing on the U S. Um, but we, I think we just look at sex work differently here and, um, uh, body rub parlors are illegal here, even Mm -hmm. though they're capped at how many you can have. I don't really know the rules, but like you can have them here, but the whole, the term creeper, I find really uncomfortable. I've had perfectly pleasant, respectful conversations with men who are looking for sex work. Okay. I had a phone call once and this guy, he just, hey, do you have any appointments today? I said, no, sorry, I don't. And he said, oh, okay, is it uh, sensual massage or is it regular massage? And mm-hmm. I said, it's regular massage. And he was like, oh, okay, thanks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, no problem. Have a great day. And yep. that was it. That was the end of it. I yep. was like, that guy's not creepy. That He's not a creeper. He's not, to me, there, there was nothing upsetting about that. And okay. I get it. to me, a creeper is somebody who keeps persisting when i've said no so i have had a few Mm -hmm. people i've never had any inappropriate requests in the treatment room but i do on occasion get text messages and instagram messages and you know phone calls and whatever from dudes looking for hand jobs which i think is to be expected um and uh and i say no politely and Mm -hmm. respectfully but just that's not a service i offer or sorry my practice is just for women Mm -hmm. um and then they keep pushing i'll pay you double i'll pay you whatever you want like or i've had them use fake names and then message me like a week later with the exact same wording but a different Mm -hmm. name so it's when i say no and then they persist to me i'm like now you're a creeper because you're not respecting my boundaries but the initial request the request for a hand job or whatever to me is not in essence creepy unless it's on if the table they, yes. and you've already developed you've already presented yourself as a therapeutic yes. that was what i was going to say before, if they before don't you, know before you answer that because i got one right before when when someone's calling asking about this or sending a message is your response ever sorry i'm regulated i'm a regulated healthcare professional no or, my response is always or, i i only treat women okay okay that's just wondering yeah which isn't technically say that. true but but that's my it's, that's my it's, blanket it's response is, yeah, yeah, yeah. is uh my practice for women only mm-hmm. and then one time this one guy sent me a message and he, he just said it was on instagram and he said i need a massage and i said sorry my practice is for women only and his response was don't blame you 
And I was like, this guy gets it. So on occasion, I get like a thumbs up or I had one guy say, you know, what services do you offer? And I said, my practice is for women only. And he said, I'm wearing a chastity penis cage. Congratulations. And I was like, doesn't change anything. Good for you. Still not going to see. But I was like, oh, well, when you put it that way. (laughs) Well, then I think we're okay. What were you going to say? No, I was just agreeing with her that I think if you've laid out the boundaries and the person knows that you're a registered massage therapist and then they persist then yeah, you're a fucking creep. But somebody calling and genuinely asking because as Nikki said, there are places that do offer this service. It's confusing. My only, my only problem is, is, is the people who persist. Like for example, the one story I told, and I just kind of giggled because I, I kind of felt bad for this guy. He clearly was a newcomer. Like his English was, it was not really there, but he called and asked me if he could come for massage. And I was having so much trouble understanding him on the phone. And I thought I heard him say something about girls. So right away, I made sure to say like, I'm a registered massage therapist, but I don't have any appointments available today. If you'd like to book an appointment, we can we can do that. And anyway, the point is we couldn't understand each other. And he said, okay, I'm coming there. And then he hung up the phone. And so Mark was here working and I said, I think this guy's coming here right now. Like, I'm pretty sure he's on his way. Mark, can you greet him? (laughs) Yeah. So when he did come, he came and knocked on the door. I walked over and I think this was this was pre-COVID. Yes. So I didn't have a mask on or anything, but I walked over. I opened the door and I was pleasant. I said, hi, how are you? And I said, are you the gentleman I spoke to on the phone? He said, yeah. And then he looked back. He saw Mark. He looked back. He saw the skeleton we have right there. Mm. He goes, medical? I said, yes. (laughs) He's like, wrong place. I'm like, no problem. Like it, he, he wasn't trying to be a creep, right? He was like, "Oh shit, this is not what I thought it was." Yeah, be. it was just a misunderstanding. Yeah, and he left. He wasn't rude. He just walked away, and then I had a really good laugh about it because this poor guy had no idea where he was coming to and couldn't understand me on the phone. But if you, and again, I, I do find this happens. This type of discussion happens a lot more among the American therapists that I've come across. If you look on a message board that is like a Facebook group that's full of mostly Americans, Mm -hmm. it's a lot of like screenshots of conversations or somebody will say, you know, this guy called and asked for sex work or this guy asked for a hand job or this guy, whatever. And their response is often, you know, I'm I'm a professional therapist. I'm going to call the police. I'm going to report you. This is illegal. And all this like anger and hatred and disgust and shame and how dare you mm-hmm. and shame on you and I'm better than sex workers and I just think like I'm not better than a sex worker I'm different from a sex worker it's it's a to me I try to think of sensual massage as just another modality if somebody called me and said do you do acupuncture I wouldn't be like I'm gonna call the police <laughs> I'd say no that's a modality that's I don't offer I don't do acupuncture I don't do cupping I, yeah. I don't do hand jobs like yeah. it's, it's just a, it's, it's our me, it's, a dis- modality. it's our discomfort it's like you know when Mark made that post the other day that said just because you're offended doesn't mean I'm wrong just because you are uncomfortable with somebody calling you and asking for a hand job doesn't mean they're doing anything wrong so they don't really deserve you to shame them or mother them or scream at them or be degrading to them. You can very simply say, I don't do hand jobs for money. It's a service I I don't provide. And not to mention, I think this is something that I think people forget. If you're vocal publicly, like maybe on your your private Facebook page where you have 500 friends or a thousand friends or whatever, 
you have friends who are sex workers, whether you know it or oh, not. Oh, absolutely. You yeah. have friends who are sex workers. So when you go onto your like personal Facebook page and you complain about these creepers and perverts who are soliciting you and how dare they and I deserve more respect and all, you have friends who you may not know are sex workers. You might have relatives who are sex workers. Mm-hmm. You might have kids who are sex workers who aren't telling you. And by the way, an OnlyFans account is sex work. Yep. And they're going to read this and be like, oh, this is how you feel about what I do. And this is how you feel about my my customers and my clients. Like the shame and the anger. I just. And let's not forget, this is coming out of the mouth of a feminist, a non-man hating feminist. I love my like- dudes. <laughs> I grew up in a house of men. I got two big brothers. I have like a hundred uncles and male cousins. Like I have a massive family. My dad was one of eight mm. and they all had kids and they're mostly dudes. Like <laughs> I got my brother's names tattooed on me. Like I love my dudes. Oh, I love men. I love my, I have, you know, a small handful of male clients and I absolutely adore them and I get excited when I see them because I just, I like the male energy. I love men. Men are awesome. I wish I could remember the episode we were recording one time and I did refer to someone as like a creeper or perv or something. We but, all have. Uh, but I think it was somebody that really deserved the title and Mark immediately was like, are you pervert shaming? And I was like, in this case I am. <laughs> but no, I Sometimes agree with warranted. <laughs> but I agree with you. Sex work is real work and at the end of the day, even if you don't agree with what someone's doing, fine, have your, your beliefs think what you want, but no human being deserves to be degraded or disrespected. Like if just no, thank you. I don't do that. It's very easy. You don't have to. Don't be a dick. (laughs) I think I might've spoken about this on the podcast too. I saw in a Facebook group that there was a website. Someone was complaining about a website that is like an adult classifieds website. Oh, that lists massage therapists a whole bunch of massage therapists so they were getting like all of these calls and emails looking Mm -hmm. for erotic massage so i can understand in those scenarios i can understand there yeah and like nikki said if it's very clear like for example my phone number most of the time if somebody calls me they've gotten it off of our website our website is very clear about what they do sure there can still be some room for confusion but sometimes i think there are men who are just pushing the boundaries and in that case yeah i might be a little bit of a shit to you that is yeah you have to deserve it for me to be an asshole. that is Mm. some people get off on making women especially feel uncomfortable and on pushing the boundaries that, yep. that to me is creepy. Yep. But the request itself, the I'm looking for a sensual massage, I don't think it's inherently creepy and mm. I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with sensual massage. It's just, it's a different job. It's mm-hmm. something yep. I don't do. And I think a lot of anguish can be avoided if if we can at least try to reframe it. Mm. Yeah. As just, it's just another profession. And I think if we can learn to live and work side by side, with sex workers and just accept that sensual massage is a thing and it's never going away. It's never, there's always going to be a market for that. And can I tell you, when we first contacted Emily, Mark was the one that reached out to her first, which I think was way better than me doing it. I think I would have been shut down. I'm a female RMT because she had her guard up. She was like, of course she did. She probably gets all kinds of criticism from us. Right. So she really had her guard up. And the more her and Mark spoke about what we were coming to do and whatever, like he told her it'll be myself and my partner who's a woman. And like she was cool. And then when we went to her place of business, she was like, I still can't believe two registered massage therapists wanted to have this interview. And I could tell she was a little worried about 
if we were going to attack her on the episode, yeah. if we were going to be degrading. And afterwards, it was all good. She's and we're friends and business. we still talk. And, and she's yeah. running a business. And she's running a business that there's a market for. So anybody who thinks that these places shouldn't exist or they should be shut down or they should be illegal, think what you want to think. But there is a market for this. And it is much safer for the women who are doing this sex work to work in an establishment like Emily's mm-hmm. where there's, you know, there are bylaw officers that are policing it and where, you know, there's security in place and, you know, everything is not being hidden oh, yeah. behind closed if doors. If you decriminalize sex work, everybody wins. Yeah. Everybody wins. The sex workers, the business owners, massage therapists. Mm. How cool would it be to be like, here's a card, go here. Mm-hmm. Like, go to this other place. It's fine. Like, don't have to get offended. And then... Of course they're going to get offended. They get offended if I posted the word fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That's true, right? True. Um, And then you guys are okay with people asking for handjobs? Linked to that, similar to this, unpopular opinion number eight, of course, massage therapy is sexualized. To me, I'm not saying it's good that it's sexualized. I'm saying it's obvious. And to me, it's kind of expected. I think massage therapy, especially in Canada, is confusing because you can be a registered massage therapist and have your training and have your license and be a regulated healthcare provider. You can also go all kinds of other places and get massages. You can get a massage from an esthetician. It's not a massage therapy treatment. You can't get it covered by insurance, but you can get a massage. I think massage therapy is confusing. I can see why there would be confusion of people not. And again, there are some people who are maybe just pushing the boundaries and testing the waters and seeing what they can get away with and that's what gets them off that's not what i'm talking about there are people who are confused they're just like i want a sensual massage maybe this person will do it i don't they don't know what rmt necessarily means maybe they're from another country like mm-hmm. you never know and then the other thing on the flip side it's like i bring you in let's say mark you're a first-time client you know come into my room it's i'm gonna dimly i'm gonna lit. dim the lights <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm gonna play Sade. I'm gonna I'm gonna rub smooth operator. I'm gonna rub operator. oil on you. I'm, no ordinary love, man. Oh, you heard the Deftones version? So good. I haven't. I'm going to. You I'm haven't gonna, heard the Deftones I'm gonna, version? I'm gonna Google that. I massage to that version anyway. Nice. Um, I'm gonna rub oil on you. I'm gonna, you know, there might be some like lavender essential oil. Let's not forget, you're talking in a soft. Voice. I'm gonna talk in a soft <laughs> voice. I'm gonna get like into your adductors and your glutes and your hamstrings and you know, and. And and then what? How dare you get an erection? I'm going to do everything I can to stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system. And you get an erection and now you're Satan. Never thought of it like that, actually. Like, how did you not think of it like that? (laughs) You've just teased me for an hour. Like, you've touched everywhere but the glory spot. (laughs) I've been edged for fucking 40 minutes. Now, if somebody gets on the table and then they ask for me to do anything with that erection, that's different. But... For somebody to, and the other thing is, sensual massage is a service that people offer. It's a service that you can purchase. It's a business. It's also, massage is something that couples do to each other. Non-RMTs, non-massage therapists, couples massage each other. And so people say, well, how can massage therapy so sexualized? I'm like, I'm pretty sure people aren't giving them each other, like, they're not giving their partner a chiropractic adjustment as foreplay. (laughs) So... The whole like, how dare you sexualize the industry? I'm like, I don't love that. I don't love getting requests for sexual services. It's not my favorite thing. It is something that I'm aware of when I do have like a first time male identifying client on the table. I do 
there is a part of me that might wonder, like, Mm. what is this guy looking for? I'm not entirely sure. But the expectation that this is 100% professional and how dare you get aroused and how dare you, you know, call me up and ask me for a sexual massage and how dare you even associate massage with sex. I think mm-hmm. that's a big ask. Well, and I think that some therapists do understand that. Like, I agree with what you're saying. I think other therapists would agree with that. And I think that's why there's so many people that are like, we need to either change the name or rebrand or, you know, make sure that there is a distinction between what we do and, you know, what um, people who offer sensual massage. But like Nikki said, we're at this point now where is it even possible if you are a massage therapist and somebody doesn't really understand? There's tons of people, even in my own family, that don't understand what massage therapy is, then you might get the request. So it's very easy to say like, nope, this is what I do and it's regulated. And it's, it's a, I guess, an opportunity for education versus shaming the person in front of you. But yeah, I mean, my uncle, when I first uh, told him that I was going to become a massage therapist, his first question to me, and it was like so serious. He's like, isn't that a sex thing? He like genuinely didn't know. And I'm like, Were you like, if it was, do you think I'd be telling him? <laughs> yeah, <I'm> like, <laughs> yes, uncle. I'm going into the sex trade and I'm telling you about this now. <laughs> I'm so excited about my new venture. <laughs> oh, those were two really good unpopular opinions. I think those two are really going to be unpopular. I like that. Do you though? I like. I think there's probably more people that can understand. I think they're quietly popular. Yes, I think you they think might so? be quietly popular. I think we're Ooh. getting better at accepting it. I still think there's way too many people that are just like angry, angry, and offended. It's, it's angry. It's, it's angry to be lumped in with sex workers. That's they're angry to be lumped in with sex workers. Yeah. But like Nikki said, there is a good reason why. And then they're going to come back with the same angry people, which we've talked about numerous times. Well, then maybe it's time for us to change, whether it's change our name or branding or imaging or whatever, to make sure that people understand the difference. Also, if you're fine that you're getting like a lot of requests... I'm not, this is not victim blaming, but you may want to revisit your marketing and your communications and the way that you're representing yourself online because it happens to me on occasion, which I think is, I think is just kind of inevitable, but it, it doesn't happen to me often. It hardly ever happens to me. And there was a point in my life where I was like, should I feel bad about myself? Why doesn't anybody (laughs) ask me for a hand (laughs) job? moments where I'm like, I'm cute, right? <laughs> I, I don't get it a lot. But again, if you go to our website, the first thing you see is a picture of me and a picture of Mark. My business partner is this guy. It doesn't look like, you know, this is the type of massage you're going to get there, right? You walk in here, there is nothing sexy about this office. No offense, Mark. Except for it's your, all new your, lamps. your new the lamps. The new lamps are, are nice. quite sexy, yes. <laughs> but you come in here, there's a skeleton. I've got like muscle charts in my treatment room. And yes, even though I have the lights dimmed and I'll play music, it's it seems much more therapeutic than it does sensual. So yeah, I don't really get a lot of those requests at all. I get why people get mad, sort of. And then a whole bunch of people think it's illegal. Like there's so yes. many people think like that's that that is prostitution. That's illegal to get a hand job. Like it's perfectly legal to get a hand job, actually. And also, all even if it is, what you're saying it's illegal is not gonna stop it. You're not gonna the guy's not gonna go, oh, well then I'll never ask but for this one is, again. But this is even the more even more of a reason to be angry about it. They're asking me for something that's illegal on top of it all. Yeah. The other thing that's actually I think really that's illegal is say it, say it, say it for me. Cause I might I would just say keep sex. practicing, Mark. You'll get there. No, but I can't I physically can't say it. My tongue doesn't do that. Penetrative. And that 
that is defined as like vaginal or anal sex. Yeah. So like even oral sex in in these places would not necessarily be considered sex. I think in the, the legal but body rub parlors, actually oral sex is is banned. I'm pretty sure Emily told us that. I know she told us she does not allow that kind of activity at her place. But I, I think under the law, it might be written as penetrative. Did I say it right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't actually know the rules. I just, yeah. the whole, you know, so. oh, these like, these spas are open up left it. and right and they're giving us a bad name. I'm like, no, they're not. They're doing their own thing. I'm doing my own thing. It doesn't doesn't yeah. impact me. I, I agree with And you. just given that essential massage is not going anywhere, prostitution is not going anywhere, I think we'll, we'll all be better off if we can just learn to live and work side by side. I think there is a little bit of bitterness. And again, I can kind of understand both sides of it in the fact that in this city in particular, you can get a holistic license, which is not supposed to allow you to offer erotic massage. Right. But then they're opening up these spas under the holistic license and offering the erotic services. So that's further confusing the public because you see this spa and you think, okay, I'm going to go get a massage. And then, you know, a woman opens the door in lingerie and you're like, oh, shit. Okay, this is not what this is. So then there is this these blurred lines and people confused about where do I go just to get a massage? Oh, yeah. That happened to my brother once, actually. My, my brother used to work uh, in an office in Chinatown, Toronto, and he had like hurt his neck and like really badly <laughs> needed a massage. So he was on his lunch break and he's like, I'm just going to tons of massage in Chinatown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's everywhere. Yeah. And he just went to some random place, had a sandwich board and he was like, OK. So he walked in, you know, I'm looking for a massage. And the business owner basically brought out like eight different women scantily clad yeah, yeah. and lined them up so he could he could choose. He could choose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he was like, oh, oh, no. And then the business owner said, what, you want a different girl? You want a different girl? And he said, yeah, I want a different girl. I want a registered massage therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsie. That happened to one of my students probably about three months before she was graduating. She used to walk to, to the campus and then she'd walk by this spa that's always on her walk. And she's like, you know what? I'm graduating soon. Let me go see. Like, this is close to my house. Let me go see, you know, if I can score up some things. A job. A job <laughs> and then she's like, I opened the door and there was like another door and it ring, says ring the bell. And she rang the bell and she opened. And then she's like, oh, she had no idea. Like, it was a rub and tug the whole time. Yeah. And see that I can understand people getting frustrated with that because that's just creating further confusion. Like, Emily's business is a legitimate business with a license and there's no hiding what they do. Oh. And what we do it's you know we're very clear about what we do then there's all this blurry stuff in the, the middle gray. 50 it's, shades of gray it's the 50 shades of gray you don't know what you're getting this actually i don't know if you know this but this happened to your cousin's wife um her okay. mother you know very sweet italian lady decided i'm gonna get my my daughter a massage oh, no. she's <laughs> she's a teacher she deserves it and she <laughs> bought her a gift certificate for a place not far from here uh -huh. so Mark's cousin's wife took the gift certificate, went to the place. She shows up as soon as she looked at it. She calls her mom. She's like, "Mom, <laughs> do you know where you bought me a gift certificate Aww. for?" <laughs> so she, did she did she get a massage or not? Yeah, she did. They actually really? said so. She went in and she was like, "I think my mother like bought a gift certificate for the wrong place. Like, I just want a massage." And the woman who was at the desk said, "Um." I can get someone to just give you a massage. That's okay. And so she's like, I, I did. I went in and I got a massage. Didn't hate it. Cool. Yeah. Didn't hate it. Didn't hate it. <laughs> There's something for everyone. Yep. Oh, for sure. I got no problem with it. <laughs> I got no problem with it at all. You want to go get your dick touched? Go for it. Yeah. Good on you. You want to you I, I you touch dicks it. for money? Go for it. Good totally. on you. Like, it's got nothing to do with me. 
at the end of the day. So I don't, I don't see the harm in that. I mean, uh, obviously you can always take this down a whole other path with, you know, human trafficking and all the rest of it, but that's a different that's story. Different. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I worked in admissions at um, the private career college where Mark and I met, I had a student come in and she came in wearing shoes and carrying a purse that I couldn't afford in my wildest dreams. Her car definitely couldn't. And, you know, I knew where she lived. Anyway, the point is, I'm thinking, why are you coming to take a dental hygiene program? Like, it was all very confusing to me. She was not the typical interview that I would normally have, right? Like, clearly, this woman had a ton of cash. And she was going to pay for the program all in cash. You know, she didn't need any student loans or second career or anything. And I was like, oh, okay. So eventually, as her and I were talking, getting to know each other, I guess she felt comfortable enough to tell me that she was working as an escort. That's why she has so much money. Mm. And I remember a couple of other people that worked at the school because it did come out at some point. Like I didn't go around telling people, oh, she's an escort. She's an escort. But it, people ended up finding out what she did. And there was just a lot of shit talk about this woman, you know, and I was thinking, this like shame on everybody here. Mm -hmm. She's coming here. She's paying to go to school. She's been doing this work, which like you said, it's real work. She's been doing this work. It's also and, very lucrative. And clearly making a good fucking amount of money good and good her. living out of this. But now she's ready to move on to something else. And she's bettering herself and getting an education to go work and do something else. And it was always like chuckles and giggles behind her back, you know, like because here's this, oh, you know where she's going now. And I was like, no, I don't. Yeah, she's and going to make your a shit ton business. of money. That's where she's going. She's going to count her thousands of dollars. Oh, yeah. The first time I saw her walk in, I was like, you want to go to school here? <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> Why do people care? Who the fuck cares? That, you know what? It's That's so the biggest problem with everything we've talked about is Ooh, nobody can cares? just actually think for themselves, decide <laughs> this is what works for me. This is how I want to live my life. This is what it, there's always looking at what everybody else is doing, worrying about what everybody else is thinking. I don't think anybody actually uses their own mind anymore. It it's what sense. what is socially acceptable. Well, that's what I think. You want to you want to you want to be an escort? What the, what the fuck's it got to do with me? Who cares? I don't get it, man. Fuck. People. 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 What's your next unpopular opinion? <laughs> well, I do want to be mindful of times. We've been going for like an hour and a half and I I'm, I got like a bunch more. So I don't I'm good with it. <laughs> you had a couple more good ones. Let's okay. see what we got. I'm stoned. I'm good. All right. So uh I don't know how to say this without making instant enemies. Um, but I'm gonna say it. Unpopular opinion number nine. Discrimination isn't always bad. I'm not talking about systemic injustice that is real and it needs to be changed and we're working on it i'm talking more about discernment i also want to mention i'm a woman of color i'm familiar with racism and sexism i have a little bit of personal experience with that um i'm talking about in my home practice um i advertise that i only work with women um if you go to my homepage, the first thing it says is Body positive, massage, body positive massage therapy for women in Toronto. Right. Um, I accept, and then the fine print is, I treat cisgender men, so men who were assigned male at birth, um, by referral only. And that's just, it's, just, it's a safety thing. And mm -hmm. I get a ton of flack. I get 
a ton of shade for being sexist. From, and from who? Massage therapists. Anybody else? Occasionally men. Okay. Occasionally. I have had a cup. Most men, when I tell them, no, it's for women only, most of them say, oh, of course, that makes total sense. I have had a couple men basically beg mm. for a massage. I had one man say, well, aren't aren't you just as bad as men because, you know, you're calling us out for sexism and now you're the one who's sexist. And mm. I was like, you're not you're not my ideal client. <laughs> um, but most of the pushback I get is from other massage therapists like that's sexist. That's illegal. You can't say that. You can't do that. And my answer is always like, I'm not going to star in my own horror movie. Mm-hmm. I work from home. I am a five foot one woman. I work out, mm-hmm. but I'm I can't overpower most men. And every man that I don't know is a potential threat. Mm-hmm. Not all men, not even most men. I love my dudes, but there's a danger there. And I just prefer to work with women and gender queer people. Mm-hmm. And so that's who I treat. That's my niche. That's that's who I focus on. Um, so in that sense, I I think I don't think discrimination is such a bad idea when I'm talking about who enters my home. I'm not going to apologize for that. No. And like you said at the beginning, you're a business owner first. And if your business is targeted towards women, there's a place that I went, um, the water therapy place downtown, women only, because they allow women to walk around naked. So there's no men in the spot. Body blitz? Yes. Love it. There is also there are also women only gyms or they have women only sections because sometimes women are uncomfortable feeling, you know, working out and sweating or wearing, you know, tiny little clothes around men and or nobody, being hit on. And nobody seems to have an issue. And that's the other thing is like it's as somebody who's, you know, lived 37 years as a woman, I can tell you like anytime you go out, you can you, you just don't want to have that feeling of like somebody's like looking at you or, you know, or are they going to start catcalling you or stare? I don't know. So I think that as a business owner, you have every right to say like, these are who my clients are. And I'm not surprised that it's massage therapists that are giving you. Oh, yeah. I got all the, you're is, it, is it mostly is it mostly women massage therapists or the small population yeah. male massage therapists? No, it's mostly women. Well, I mean, most because I'd imagine most because, massage therapists are women. So I mean, most so. massage therapists that I talk to are women. OK, so because I would imagine that could have been also the small percentage of male massage therapists who might already feel like being male is a huge disadvantage to them. And then hearing something like this being like, oh, come on, you know, something else here now. Right. But from, from a different standpoint, what I, so that was one thing I want to say on this. The other thing is before I had children, I would have been on that camp. Oh, you can't do that. Blah, 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 blah. Ever since I had fucking daughters, daughters I'm like, uh, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. It changed my tune on a lot of things like that. Yeah. Very fast. Well, and it's funny because I've said this before too. We recorded that podcast with Clarence talking about, you know, the legalities behind the job postings, only asking for female therapists. Right. And initially I was like all with Clarence and I still agree I disagree that, with everything he said. And you know what? And I still agree that yes, it is not legal, but yeah. we can't keep using this argument of something being legal, legal and moral and ethic and all like none of, not all of those things are synonymous and so just because it might be illegal to put up a job posting asking only for women a lot of clinic owners are doing it because you know in the area of the city where they work well they know that whatever their reason even matter and i think even clarence was saying you know i'm not saying you hire a man but maybe don't just and you know so I, I that could, was his only problem. That was it. his only his issue. Only problem is that, with it is, is like I know you're you're looking for a female, 
just but be mindful that making that ad is illegal. That's, he's, all, that's he's, all he was saying. His argument, and I, I don't want to talk about him when he's not here. I would like for him to be able to defend his stance just in case I'm misinterpreting it. But I did listen to that interview. Yeah. My understanding of what he was saying was he wasn't telling people don't discriminate. He was saying do it discreetly. And yes, to me, yeah. I'm like, oh, so waste everyone's time. And so my second example of this, because I did write it down. I'm I'm a landlord. I own my house mm-hmm. and I have a basement apartment that I rent out. And when I am looking for a new tenant and I'm putting up postings on places, Facebook groups and Craigslist and Kijiji and whatever, looking You're for looking a new for tenant, women. what I want to say is, no couples, no men, no children, no pets. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to say. I just want single women living down there yep. for a number of reasons. And I just, I'm not going to defend it. Yeah, you don't um, have to. And I can't. You can't say those. I think I can say no pets technically. But um, mm-hmm. I can't say no couples, no men, no kids because it's discrimination. So if I put up a posting for my apartment that I'm renting, it will get blocked from certain groups. And they won't let me post it until I take out anything that could be remotely misconstrued as discrimination. I didn't didn't know that that was legal. You can't do it. When I rented my place in university, the posting, the landlord very clearly posted uh, female tenants only. Oh yeah. Most landlords prefer female tenants for various reasons, but, and so do I. And so I've had so many times where I'm looking for a tenant and I'm trying to post a posting in like a giant Facebook group with 10,000 people and it's a really good network of people Mm -hmm. and my post keeps getting rejected Mm. because of the wording. And so I have to take out all descriptors of basically like the ideal person that I'm looking for, take everything out because it's discrimination. And what ends up happening is, which I get it, I get it. I get that there are marginalized people out there who have been excluded from conversations and excluded from job postings and housing postings and these are problems from a landlord perspective this is not a giant condo building or apartment building that i'm renting out to just anybody it's my home i live there i work there i need someone quiet the basement ceiling height is legal bare minimum which is six five so i need someone short Mm -hmm. so i ask for their height like these are all forms of discrimination but it's my house. And so what happens is I end up putting this generic description of the apartment and then I'm wasting everyone's time. I have to sift through dozens of applications from mm-hmm. dudes and couples with pets and what kids and whatever. And they have to waste their time getting excited and applying and asking to see the apartment. And it's just I got this one like sob story from this guy with his dog. And he told me his whole life story. And it must have taken him a long time to type it out. Mm -hmm. And he sent me this big, long, sad email. And it was so heartbreaking. And I was like, dude, you never stood a chance. Like, <laughs> if I were allowed to say no men, could you write? I could have posting? saved his time. I could have saved my time. To me, it's just like, it's so inefficient. This is what I mean. And I don't know what the solution is. Could, I don't could think it be, the law could it needs be worded to differently. No like, you know, ideal for a single female. Like, I could don't you? Even, I don't I wonder even think I'm allowed that. to say that. I honestly don't. But yes, you could definitely say no pets. I'm surprised you can't say no kids. Like, I feel like but that's not. I've had dis- people be like, "Well, it's just me and my three kids yeah. and my cat and my dog," and I'm like, "I run a massage therapy practice. I don't need screaming children and barking dogs." Yeah, I can't <laughs> have it, and I just I don't. Same reason I don't treat men. I don't know. I don't want dudes in my house that I don't know. Yeah. Period. Under any circumstance, you're a dude. I don't know. You're not coming on. You're like you're not it. coming over. So, this is what I mean by discrimination isn't 
necessarily always 100% of the time bad. Sometimes like it just saves everybody a bunch of time. Yeah. Well, as I said, after we recorded that podcast with Clarence, and you're right, we won't talk about that since he's not here. But initially, I was like, I understand what you're saying, Clarence. I agree with you. I agree with you. I agree with you. And then a few weeks later, I came on mic and I said, just to clarify, after going back and listening to it, I don't know that I even agree with myself on that episode. I think that I, I really thought about it and Do I was I like, I don't well, remember this episode. <laughs> like, I remember the episode. Like, I don't, I, maybe I'm recalling it so differently. No, it's just, I think that I, I understood a little more like in so many aspects, women get the shit under the stick mm-hmm. and we're the ones being discriminated against. And yeah. I was like, yeah. Yes, I understood Clarence's point of like, how does it make it better if you're looking for equality to discriminate against men? I was like, no, it doesn't necessarily. But like, really, if you are a man looking for a job and this clinic owner owner really has no intent on hiring you and they say looking for a female therapist because they know that's what their clientele want. Maybe it's because they work in an area of like I had mentioned to you, I worked at a women's only gym where majority of my clients were Muslim. They like there was no chance Mm -hmm. in fucking hell they were going to see a man. So why even waste? the men's time wasting time that's what i'm talking about so then i was like okay so maybe i see the other side of it i i still agree with clarence that it's illegal the only problem with that is 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 where does the line get drawn well and that's the thing is we have to decide you know where's the line what what is right and what isn't well my clients we're we're in a we're in a black community and therefore i'm only gonna have black massage therapists in here like no i I understand and that's why i said i still hold that I agree with Clarence and that it isn't legal. And so maybe just to be the most proper, like Nikki said, even if we know we're wasting people's time, fine, put the posting in the most politically correct way and discriminate discreetly. (laughs) We're going to discriminate anyway. (laughs) Well, that's the thing is if somebody is going to discriminate, they're going to do it whether or not they do it outwardly or not and they're gonna do I it thought, kind of, anyway that's what i thought his podcast was about maybe i'm fucking maybe i spoke too much anyway no no you're right that is what it was about but i think i was okay. also fighting for the men and like because i do i do sometimes feel for male massage therapists and i know Why? That i do people not who don't. at all really? I, and i'm one of them i don't i don't i don't see what the problem is i don't see anything any of these fucking guys are complaining about no 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 i i agree with you there that a lot of them are just fucking whining when i say i, I feel for male massage therapists i feel for them in that yes, it's just truth that there's going to be some people who don't want to see. But the That's thing fine. is, there's tons of people who will. So stop focusing on the exactly. people who only want to see a female therapist. Because me as like a a patient, I have never discriminated. Maybe Nikki has or hasn't. But when I go to get a massage, I don't care if the therapist is male, female, uh, non-binary. I, I don't care. For if the, you're a good therapist, honestly, cool. For the I'm most coming. part, like I don't see this being an issue. This happens to you if 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 anything, what, a couple time a couple times a month? Like this is not a big deal. It's not like you have five people that walk in that day, they're like, No, sorry, only want to see a female therapist. Then the next person, no, sorry, only want to see like it doesn't happen. Like, it you know you know what the problem no is though? Way. It's also the mindset of the entire clinic. I worked at a clinic where a majority of the therapists were female, obviously, okay. and then we had one male therapist. Yeah. And I would hear when people would answer the phone, they would upfront ask the person, do you want to see a male or a female? I'm like, okay. well, you put that in their head. Like, why even necessarily? You could just say, I have this therapist available and then give them the opportunity to say, I only want to see a female. Yes. I actually offer that up. When anyone calls for us, I, I offer that up. Right you away. offer that up because you want to throw everyone to me. Yeah. <laughs> we both know that. But I why. also <laughs> offer that up because I wouldn't want someone that really wants to see a female mm-hmm. thinking that I'm the only option but that's, here. I mean, but that's the thing is you can say, I have this person available. And I, I think sometimes 
you what know, if it's us, a unisex name. Well, okay, and then that's different. Or if you're like, would you like to come see Taylor? <laughs> I have a friend who's a male massage therapist, and he worked at a spa, and they booked someone in with him, and the client assumed it was a female therapist. Yes, okay. and, and he happens. walked out to greet the client, and the guy just he started shaking his head. Right. And my friend wasn't offended. He was like, "Oh, you were expecting a woman." He was yeah, like, yeah. "Yeah," and he was like, yep. "Okay," and so. He ended up not doing it. So my friend, the therapist, lost the money. The clinic lost the money. Mm-hmm. Yep. I get what you're saying about receptionists planting that seed. Like, do you have a preference for gender? And then all of a sudden people are like, I don't know. Do I? Should yeah. I? Then Is there something wrong with men? Yeah. But then also from a business perspective, you run the risk of getting all kinds of people coming yeah. in, expecting a woman or hoping for a woman, not realizing that they have to ask for it, just maybe assuming that all massage therapists are women. And then a man comes out and they're like, oh, this isn't what I wanted. Yeah, I mean, they, you have to be clear about this, who you're getting. But I Does also, this happen so often though? Like, it, yes. it does. Yes. Yeah. When I worked, I worked at, at clinics that, that and clinic, the men were always booked last. Everywhere I've worked, there's always been a, a, there's been way more females, but there's always been a handful of dudes. But that's also again, always the, the types of places you've worked at. And yeah. so that's maybe a lesson Probably for men listening you yeah, always worked clinical. at place like for example the last one of the last places you worked at was a crossfit gym yeah like you being the guy okay, with yeah, the yeah, tattoos yeah. and whatever yeah. treating the crossfit guys they were like okay cool because they didn't want the five foot tall female therapist <laughs> they wanted a guy who was gonna you know because the uh, that's the other thing is people have this mentality too. that like men are deeper pressure and whatever anyway but uh, yeah i get it I get that. But kudos to you for being like, this doesn't affect me. I, I, I've, <laughs> it's never affected every him. environment that I've been in, I've never seen this happen, right? I've, there's been a bunch of male massage therapists that I, that I was teaching with and no one was hurting in their practices. There's every massage, male massage therapist that I've ever worked with at every clinic, never had an issue with like this. Like we just look at each other like, I have no idea what the fuck are all these guys talking about? Like, are they making this shit up? Does it happen somewhere else, not here? Like they're not know. they're not making it up, but they do have to not allow that mindset and that limiting belief because there's plenty of work for male therapists. You just have to be in the right setting and make sure that the messaging is very clear so that things don't happen where you, you know, somebody shows up and they're like, Oh, you're a dude. There are also all kinds of people who prefer male massage therapist Absolutely. not just not just you know oh i'll settle for a guy or no, oh no, i'm no. comfortable like, with men i want there yeah. are there are certain demographics of people and certain industries that where male massage therapists are preferred yeah. mm-hmm. you can Absolutely. go there and you can make 100%. a killing 100 yeah i had um a couple call uh this was a few years ago and the wife called and she said so i guess then i will book with you and my husband will book with with Mark, the other therapist there. And I said, it doesn't matter. Either of you can see either. And she's like, oh, she goes, I just assumed the men go to the men and the women go to the women. I'm like, oh, all right. Well, whatever works Usually for you Usually the women go to the women and the men go to the women. Right. And everyone in between goes to the women. <laughs> I was like, uh, sure. Like whatever works for you. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Anyway. We do treat a few couples. We actually have a couple coming in on Tuesday where Mark sees the husband and I see the wife. It always just works out that way that you treat the dudes and I treat the women. I had the opposite experience. I used to work at a spa and we would do a lot of couples massages and it was always the opposite. It was always male massage therapists. If it was a heterosexual couple, it would be a male massage therapist with the woman and then I would treat the man and I'd be there dying, like digging my elbows in and sweating and grunting. And then my male coworker would be giving this like light pressure (laughs) relaxation massage and I'd be like, can we drink? And that is why she treats women only. No, but that's how I would have expected. I would have expected that I would get the husbands and he would get the wives. And almost every couple that we have ever treated, if you really think about it, the 
husband has always gone to you and I've taken the wife. I can't think of one instance where it's been the other way around when we've seen couples. Well, there you go. I, I, this, I don't, this, this whole idea is foreign to me, completely foreign to me. But I love it. I love that there are men out there who are just like, what? Yeah, there, there are. There's, and there's a lot of them. Yeah, Mark's got a ton of male RMT friends and they're all busy as hell. Yeah. Oh, I, I have some very successful male massage therapist friends for sure. Well, yeah, we always used to say that because there's one cat that was always on Facebook talking about that. And we were like, is this, how bad is this? Maybe it's you, dude. <laughs> At some point, maybe you just got to look in the mirror and go, it's, it's me. me. It's me. Yeah. <laughs> it's not you. It's me. So what do you think? We have time for one or two more? Yeah, man. I, oh, okay. You ready? I'm ready. ready. Okay, we'll just, I love these. We can do this one last one and then we can, we can call it. I, whatever you want. I'm good with anything. This is fun to me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can keep going all night. I'm well, so this is the other thing. Don't forget, good. anything we don't include in the episode, Mark can just keep as clips. Right, <laughs> mm, like like the rant the other day. That's yeah. not even in the episode. It just I mean, that was just a rant we went on. Well, we're... it was part of the episode, and then we had technical difficulties with her, and so we had to re-record. And I'm like, we just ended up doing a different intro. Um. Okay. Unpopular opinion number ten: a policy is not a punishment. A policy is not a punishment. So what I mean by that, I'm basically specifically talking about cancellation policies. Okay. Cancellation policies. I think it's something that every business owner needs. I think it's something that not everyone has, or if they have it, mm-hmm. they don't enforce it. And I think the reason they don't enforce it, and I've been guilty of this myself, mm-hmm. is there's this fear. If I require a credit card to reserve the appointment, people aren't going to want to book in with me. Or if I charge somebody for canceling on short notice especially if they have a good reason then i'm being mean i'm punishing them Mm. if or i think what a lot of people do is you know yeah i have a whatever 24 hour 48 hour whatever i have a 24 hour cancellation policy unless illness emergency weather traffic and then they have this like laundry list of reasons why they let it go if you can reframe it so that you're not looking at enforcing the policy as if it's a punishment, as if you're punishing the client for like bad behavior or whatever. It becomes so much easier to just get paid. Like if you look at Rebecca Overson, she who's a business coach in the US, my business coach, changed my life. Um, she ran a thriving, successful prenatal massage practice mm-hmm. in Salt Lake City, Utah. And she did like 99% prenatal massage. She enforced her cancellation policy when people canceled because they went into labor. And that sounds like a horrible, awful, mean thing to do. And how could you do that? And you're supposed to be nurturing and kind and understanding and you're a healthcare provider. And how could you, you know, charge somebody for the ultimate emergency, which is going into labor? But if she didn't, her business would have folded because Mm -hmm. her clientele went into labor all the live long day. So she had to. So to me, I'm like, yeah, because a policy is not a punishment. If you frame it as I'm not punishing you for canceling, I'm protecting my time. And on the flip side, for me as a client, if I book an appointment with somebody Mm -hmm. and for any reason, emergency, illness, whatever, I can't make it, I'll pay them. I insist. Even if they say, no, don't worry about it. I'm like, no, I booked that time, which means nobody else could use that time. I'm going to pay you. So the way that I look at it is like, I look at my cancellation, I look at my appointment as like you're like a ticket. Yep. Like if I buy a concert ticket That's it. and then I break my arm the day of the show, 
and end up in the hospital and can't go, I'm not going to call Ticketmaster <laughs> and be like, <laughs> you're mean, you you owe me a refund. How dare you? I'm going to give you a one-star review on Google. Yeah, yeah. I know it's up to me to either sell the ticket or eat the cost. Mm -hmm. And that's it. I don't even think about it. And I really wish more people would look at appointments like tickets. It needs to be it needs to be a lot of people. Like it needs to be all of us working that way because when you say oh people have this fear of somebody not coming back or giving you a bad review, I've had those things happen to me when I've enforced my cancellation policy. I've had somebody be like, "What do you mean?" and get really offended and upset and I had a good reason. I'm like, "Well, we talked about this. Like you knew this was coming." And he didn't rebook with me. Or I had a client come to see me and complain about another therapist. And I said to this client, well, but that's that's the policy. Like even I have that policy. If you don't give 24 hours notice, you do get charged. And she said, yeah, but I've been a longtime loyal client of hers. I couldn't so? believe she charged me. And I said, well, it, it, it doesn't work that way. It, it meant that she didn't get paid for that hour, but like she couldn't even fathom that I was defending the other therapist. I think she thought I'd be like, oh, I would never do that to you. And yeah. I'm like, no, I, like, I, I'm on the therapist you side agree here. To th so long as the policy is explicitly laid out and agreed to, you're the one, you as the consumer have the choice to agree to it or not. You're mm -hmm. the one who signed it. You're the one who agreed to it. You're the one who, my policy is not 24 hours unless you have a good excuse. Mm -hmm. It's because people will lie. If people know, oh, well, if, I'm, if I say, day, if I I'm say that I'm you. sick, then, then I'm going to get you, There's paid. a tornado over my house every day. <laughs> every yeah. time I'm late. People will lie. Tornado. No matter. And some people say, well, what if they lie? What if they know you're going to charge them, but they're really sick. And so they come in because they don't want to get charged. They're going to lie either way. Hmm. Either they come in when they're actually sick and then you run the risk of getting sick or if they know that you're not going to charge them, if they say that they're sick, they're going to say they're sick even when they're what not. What about during COVID? Because I will like I've been super wishy-washy because of COVID. Like if somebody messages me and says, I have a sore throat or I have a headache, so I don't pass the pre-screen or I had one client message me and say, um, I brought food over to my neighbor yesterday and I just found out today that this neighbor tested positive for COVID. So I don't pass your pre-screen. I'm like, yep, you're right. Don't come. During COVID, I've been super wishy-washy with this cancellation policy. Mm -hmm. Like if somebody cancels because of anything to do with COVID, I'm like, don't worry about it. Thank you for canceling. What would you say in that scenario? I, I will say I have been more lenient with COVID because I tell people like, yes, absolutely. Even if you're convinced it's just allergies, you you wouldn't but I have a year-long waiting list, too. So I always say, look, you call me first thing in the morning. I can fill that spot. No problem. Right, and then exactly. you can get charged either way. But I tell people every pre-COVID, I tell people every fall, I remind them flu season's coming up. Mm -hmm. I do enforce my cancellation policy, even if you're sick. If you call me in the morning, I can almost certainly fill it and then I won't charge you. But it's only a problem if you're looking at it like it's a punishment. Right. And if your client is... So to me, it's it's like you can run your business the way you want to run your business. I'm not telling people that you have to charge everybody all the time. It's whatever is the best business decision for you. Mm -hmm. That's what works. If you want to be more lenient with COVID, I myself have been lenient with COVID. I'm always able to fill the appointment because I do have a year-long waiting list. Well, and that's the thing is if if you are really if you're strict enforcing your cancellation policy, then people are going to be more mindful and give you as much notice as possible. Because don't tell me that you didn't realize until two o'clock 
that oh, you're yeah. sick. You well, know, I've had like people cancel with ten minutes notice, and I'm like, okay, well then I'm gonna go ahead and charge the card because you had you call me three hours ago, I could have filled it. Right. You can't mm. you can't give me ten minutes notice. Like I don't get a lot of those, but every so often I'll have someone message me. Like I had someone message me. I think they had an appointment at four thirty, and I got an email at like three o'clock. Oh, I'm stuck at work. I'm like, really? Yeah, that's not an emergency. Really. So and it's fine. And you if, get but, charged. But if it comes across as like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm going to have to charge your card. And it's this like right, combative, right, right. like, ain't, you know, I'm just like, okay, well, you agreed to this policy and here it is. And I'm lucky in that I tend to attract the kind of people who offer before I even ask. I've had people, I had one guy who canceled, canceled with several hours notice, like enough for me to fill the appointment. Mm-hmm. And then he transferred me the full price and then called me to leave a voicemail to say, just wanted to make sure you got the e-transfer. I had the exact same thing. I had this woman canceled the night before. So technically she was not, she wouldn't have had to pay. Like mm-hmm. she gave me the 24 hours notice the night before she messaged me and said, my husband needs the car tomorrow. I'm not going to be able to make it. Um, but let me send you the money since I'm giving you such short notice. I'm like, put your brake on. Like you're giving me enough notice. I'll fill the appointment. Don't worry about it. And then she emailed me back again and she said, please let me e-transfer you the money. I don't feel good about this because it's only the night before. And I was like, you're good. (laughs) I had somebody call. It was a a couple, they're regulars and um, they come back to back. And one of them called me the day of. She's like, we're both going to have to cancel our appointment. There's been a death in the family. We're leaving town right now. And I was like, I can't even believe you called me, that you even thought to call me to cancel, that this very easily could have just slipped your mind and Mm -hmm. I would have been completely understanding because this is family emergency. And she insisted, let us pay you. And this was like, I was like a month into my practice. I don't even think I had an official cancellation policy. And I was like, no, I can't do that. And she was like, we insist, let us pay you. And I was like, that's respect like and I do the same thing I had an appointment with my um web designer and I had booked two hours with her um in person to tweak my website and we got about halfway through the appointment and we were like about to wrap up and she was like oh okay well I'll just charge you for the hour then and I was like no no I booked two hours of your time you could have booked another appointment with somebody else I would have paid her as well I'm paying you for the two hours she was like oh are you sure and I was like why are you even offering me a discount? I was like, no, I booked two hours of your time. I'm paying you for two hours of your time. What I choose to do with that time is up to me. If if I end up staying here for half an hour, I booked two hours of your time. I'm paying for two hours of your time. That's, That's something that it. pisses me off. I had one client that used to do this all the time. She would show up and say, can I shorten my treatment to 45 minutes stay? Because I'm in a rush. Sure and can, the, and the but first, I'm going to charge you for an hour. Well, exactly. And the first <laughs> couple of times, because I didn't realize it was a pattern. So the first time I was like, okay. I said, you know, really, I should charge you for the full hour. I'll cut you a break today. And then the second time she did it, she expected me to charge her for 45. And I was like, well, okay. And then she did it one more time. And I said, listen, you're paying for whatever you have booked. I'm not, if you can only do half hour, fine. We'll do half hour, but you're going to pay for the hour. Like I'm not, you can't just book as much time as you want because I could have booked somebody else here. Mm -hmm. So that, yeah, no, I would definitely pay if I've booked an hour, I'll pay an hour. If I book two hours, I'll pay two so hours. So how do you, you take credit card numbers before a booking, right? Fuck yeah. Cool. How would you suggest, because that's easy to charge someone then. So how would you suggest someone that doesn't do that? I would say do it. So that's the only way we can uphold a cancellation policy? It's not you. It's not the only way. Okay. You you can, way. you can try. Right. I do. I have friends who run their own private practices and they don't take credit cards for various reasons. Mm-hmm. And... 
you know, they might get a cancellation and they'll ask for the money. They'll right, invoice right, right. the person. Gotcha. And and I the person will pay sometimes. If you don't require a credit card or a prepayment, I don't want to deal with prepayments because things change. But yeah, if yeah. you don't require a credit card or a prepayment, yep. you are relying on hope. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you I can't pay my bills with hope. Mm. So and I get the hesitation because I put it off for two years. I did not require a credit card for the first two years of running my business. And then I got a two-hour no-show in the middle of December when I had literally a 50-person waiting list. Mm. And this person just vanished into thin air. And that night, I called my scheduling software and I said, upgrade me, I'm taking credit cards. Mm-hmm. This is on me. Yeah. It's you open yourself up I can't to see. losing money and that's on that's on you. I can't see how you would enforce a cancellation policy. You have to ask. Basically, you have to you ask have permission. To yeah, you have to ask. Just, and can then, you please pay me versus... Yep. I've charged you. Exactly. I'm paying, and because I take credit cards, uh, and uh, for anybody out there who's scared to take credit cards because you're scared that people will not want to book with you, mm. I get busier every year. I raise my rates every year. I take credit cards. I get busier every year. I get new clients constantly. I have a year-round waiting list. Mm-hmm. Like I make good money. All of these fears that I've had that I know that other people have, none of them have come to fruition. Worried about people like going the other way because of yeah, you know, requiring credit card. All I can think of is how many flakes have I weeded out? Yeah. How yeah. many people Makes have sense. said, oh, I got to leave my credit card, but I want to be flaky. I don't want to be held accountable. Those aren't the kind of people I want to mm. attract. Yep. Absolutely. Going back to upping your fees. If you have a heavy fee that comes along with your treatment, I feel like you're going to have more people honor your cancellation policy because of like, this is how much money you're missing because I can't make it last minute. No, I'll pay that. And they they value your services yeah. more. If you're charging a hundred plus per hour, they're gonna be like, they're not gonna book the appointment if they don't value it. If mm-hmm. they don't see the value, if they're not willing to pay a hundred plus per hour, if you're charging sixty five bucks an hour, mm-hmm. you're you're gonna get you're gonna attract the deal seekers. You're gonna get the people who ask for discounts, who show up late, want you to shorten the time, mm-hmm. who cancel at the last minute, who expect you to waive the cancellation fee for X Y Z reason. Mm-hmm. You're going to get all that. The more you raise your rates, the the more you weed out the the riffraff. Oh, and I'm very, very happy to do that. We, I mean, we get it too with Con Ed. Um, I, I, want, <laughs> I want Mark to raise his rates 100% with his one-on-one tutoring. And mm-hmm. he already knows that. And I'll say it on the podcast because he already knows I feel that way. Mm-hmm. But I feel that he... He undercharges for sure for his time. And what he does is very valuable. Any reviews you've ever read about getting one-on-one training from him, what he does is valuable. But we had somebody call who had been referred because two people had come and done training with him. And she said, I need to do this. So she called, she got me on the phone and she asked me what the rates are for, for the for his training. And I tell her what the rates are. And she goes, oh no, you have to give me some discount. Why do people say that? Why do people you you have have to? to? (laughs) And I said, I said, I'm sorry, but that's like, that's what the cost is. And she said, well, I'm a student and I'm this and I'm that. And I said, well, like I can appreciate your financial situation, but this is what the fees are. And you know, there's no discount for that. And I got off the phone with him and I said, you know what, you need to charge even more. Because this lady wouldn't have even called if she knew how much, like if you were charging even more, she thought she could, you know, try to bargain because he doesn't charge a ton of money for, for his one-on-ones, but that's okay. Cause that's all going to change. We're going to up those rates. <laughs> We're gonna you guys can't rates. see Amanda's crossing her <laughs> arms very sternly right now. There's, yeah, and I know what you're saying on that, but when it comes to that part of the business, is a whole different story. Like for example, 
someone called me about prepping for her licensing exam and she's like i i got the number from other people that have done work with you and i wanted to work with you and i'm like okay well let's do a consultation because i don't just take anyone for that so Good for you. we do a consultation after we talk i'm like you actually don't need me at all go away yeah no, she, <laughs> if, she if didn't you need, need you <laughs> if you need any guidance sure shoot me a text message but i'm not taking your money you don't need me at all you can figure this whatever you need to do out and I was thinking to myself, like, how many other fucking people would have just like sold her on that? No, you can be honest, but still, still charge what you're worth. Yeah, like I, that's 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 I one think side because of, the... of because of COVID. Like you said, I think Mark's been stuck in this because uh, the education. I don't want to overcharge because our clients are therapists. Not right? only that, but though, our clients are therapists who have not been told they can't work. The education side of the business does really, really well. And I use the kind of coaching, not the coaching, but the one-on-one stuff differently. Like I, I, it's almost an added bonus. I can't explain it really well. I'm not, I'm not doing it justice, but I know what you're saying. I know. And I understand. But there's too. a method to my madness. I know there's a method to your there's madness. There's a method to my madness. The part of the one-on-one thing, the, the big thing for me on the one-on-one, it's not, it's not a money thing. So I get it. If it was a money thing for me, then it's it a, could be. Though. It could be. But this is this is this is one part of what I do that I don't I don't want. It well, to we're be. trying to buy a cottage right now, so it's got to become really? a money thing. Well, <laughs> but this is one part of the business. Like I don't want it to be a money thing. It's part of it's part of the open door policy that we have. It's part of you know, like I had some dude who took a course with us, and then he reached out and he says, like, can we do some one on one training? I want to do this type of work. Can we do it? And I'm like, sure, let's do it. He's like, how much is going to cost me? And I was like, you know what? Let's do one better. How about you come down on a Friday night? We'll hang out, you and I. We'll trade some ideas. We'll talk some trash. And you'll learn the stuff you want to learn. Can I bring a couple other people in the mix? And then I opened it up to a couple other people. Like that part of what we do is more about community and, and, and that kind of stuff. We got the moneymaker, which is cool. But so I recognize that, yeah, you can. <laughs> Man is like, I really want that cottage I though. <laughs> but that's, that, that's. That's a part that's uh, it's it's got a different it's got a different heartbeat you, it's got a different soul. You do you. I yeah, like yeah, I know yeah. that I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who are like, this bitch comes on and she's no, yelling no, no. at us about me. She's telling me how to run my business. She, <laughs> there is enough. There is enough in the world. There are enough people telling women what to do. Why was that the Hart last thing you need is like another you. person telling you what to do. But I'm not saying this is what everybody should do. It's always about the money. Yeah, it's yeah, always yeah. about chasing the money. I'm just, and I'm not even saying, you know, you have to charge people cancellation fees during COVID, even yeah. if they're sick, because, you know, I'm not telling people what you should do or what I do. It's just, I'm just, I'm just here to open up people to new possibilities Absolutely. and new ways of thinking. Yeah. So if you're perfectly content doing the one-on-one -on -one thing and sharing your time and being generous and whatever. Yeah. And for me, I do things that... For Everyone me, are has those types of things the right business decision, yeah. but not necessarily the best financial decision. So, speaking yes. of policies, I honor my cancellation policy in reverse. So, I enforce my cancellation policy if you cancel with less than twenty four hours notice, and if I have to cancel on you with short notice, I comp your treatment, mm. I rebook you, and I do it for free. Mm -hmm. That is not a good financial decision, but to me, it's the right business it's decision. The right thing to do. And so. I love money, yeah. but I love business. So if you're making the right business decision for you, it doesn't always end it's up exactly. being the one that brings in the most money. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. It, they're not both the same thing. Sometimes, I mean, look how many things that we've done for free. Like the conference we did last weekend, that that didn't make us any money. That was a lot of hours and a lot of manpower and a lot of work. And I mean, what did we gain out of it? 
we we get to give forty four hundred dollars to Food Banks Canada. That's exciting. That's yeah. awesome. It's actually really funny though. Like the the association in Novus no, New, New Brunswick, they did an email blast for it. They sent it out to their members. They put it on their social platforms. They even offered they even offered to give CEUs for for these these things that we that for the speakers right the topics has our association even said hey this is a real cool thing you guys are doing <laughs> hey maybe i should retweet this not a fucking peep i was like are you fucking joking me but anyway it's funny it makes me laugh a little bit yeah man you do yeah <laughs> it's funny though so anything else before we wrap it up oh no that was fun i like the pants too thank you actually i was i was really into your shoes one of my clients has those same converse shoes but in really? like uh like almost like an easter egg pink or a baby pink they're cute but i'm i'm digging the purple purple my is my dogs. favorite color purple is my favorite color nice do you find your feet sweating those a lot when i had my when i ever whenever i had canvas shoes whether they're vans or chucks or whatever the case is my feet would sweat an enormous amount mark i'm a lady <laughs> <laughs> No, honestly, I never wear shoes. I work barefoot and I never go anywhere these days because it's COVID. Mm. So I I, I hardly ever wear shoes at all. That's the only thing I didn't like about those shoes. Like, I'll put my feet sweat a lot, though, but they sweat even more. I don't have sweaty feet, so I can wear anything like that and it's fine. We don't sweat. We're like, if I pull sweat, my feet won't sweat. (laughs) If I pull those off and I was to walk through your house with my socks, I'd probably leave footprints because I pulled those off. It's really, but that's why my feet are soft. Yeah, but you're not coming over because of the cats. Amanda's coming over. For a massage, you you can say. Hey I really kids. should book a massage with Nikki. Like I said, We're I gonna, know, I'm going to book you in before it, I leave. I know it. people who have come to see you, and I've gotten all good reviews. So I should yeah. definitely. And come you to do see like you. your your treatment length is predominantly ninety minutes. I do mostly ninety minutes. Nice. This is what I prefer. It's less charting. It's less laundry. It's Ooh, uh, less foot traffic in my home. Is oh, from Hell all yeah. these angles. I just prefer ninety minutes. To me, I sixty. I always tell people sixty minutes. Sounds like a lo- enough time. It's never enough time. It's never enough 90 time. 90 minutes is like that sweet spot. And mm. I always tell people, look, you get 60 minutes, I can give you a good massage. You give me 90 minutes, I will change your life. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's cool. true. Right on. Well, thanks fun. for coming again. And thanks for having me. It's always yes. been so much fun coming I like the here. Thanks for putting up with me. And if anybody's pissed, send hate mail to Mark and Amanda. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think our audience is actually going to be a lot in tune with what you said. I think. I think so. Yeah. What do I know? Well, the opinions aren't popular, unpopular in this room, so it's okay. That's good to know. I, I can definitely. I'm not. See a, I already feel less alone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cut that up and drop that into very particular Facebook groups and see what happens. Are you see, <laughs> he's don't, trying to just stir don't tag shit. me. Don't share my photo. Just anonymous person. Says. As soon as anybody in the massage therapy world over here is Nikki and women only practice, like you've. That's the thing. I'm like, I've already outed myself. Yeah, I have never given my last name or my contact information on this podcast. Yeah. And every time I come on here, people find me and they message me because I'm easy to find. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I always I always get messages from women saying, I listen to the podcast and I raise my rates because of you. And nice. that makes Yay. all the criticism worth it. Nice. I dig it. Love it. Totally dig it. You guys have been listening to two massage therapists and a microphone. Peace.